Welcome to episode six of Retroactivity, where we are going to be talking about Mass Effect, and I am joined by two guests that have not yet been here before. So we're going to start with the one that uh, actually looks like a person. Uh, hello, Shadow <gasps> Temple. How are you today? Oh, you mean me? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't sure. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Hi, I'm Shadow Temple, a big Mass Effect nerd, uh, which I guess means that's why I'm here. And uh, super pumped to talk about it endlessly and uselessly for hours. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, for those of you that are not aware, uh, Shadow Temple and I have, have kind of raided each other back and forth a little bit. Um, I think it was actually Treble that introduced you uh, or introduced me to you uh, quite a Sounds long time right. ago. And yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, Shadow, be great for an episode of the podcast. So I'm as a chatter and I'm like, hey, are you interested in like any of these things? And Shadow said Mass Effect. I'm like, oh. I didn't know you were a fan of Mass Effect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, is that that it's been a long, long ride for me in Mass Effect, and I am super excited about news that might come up in like a month, maybe. Right. I don't know. We'll oh, see. We'll talk so about excited. that. I'm sure. Oh Plenty. yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, I gotta calm myself. I gotta calm myself. <clears throat> so uh, the other person we have floating up there uh, with uh, the very intricate anime uh vr avatar we have eyes and you're thinking is that the eyes that likes to ban people for making final fantasy 10 things uh yes yes it is so say hello eyes how are you fuck you jacob uh, it's not my fault that you really dislike my uh x00x alerts okay that's it's not my fault <sighs> except that you uploaded them. I didn't make them, them though. To activate it, but Jack made them. It's all on so Jack. So you're telling me to ban Jack? <laughs> I, that, I did not say that. I implied it. There is a difference. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, poor Jack. I think Jack's already in bed. So uh, you, uh, Lucky. yeah. I know, right? So uh, as I mentioned, we are talking about Mass Effect today. Uh, Mass Effect is a sci-fi series. Some of you may know uh, what Mass Effect is. If you don't, well, you're going to be in for a very interesting, uh, spoiler-filled uh, couple of hours as we talk about the main three, plus one, Mass Effect games. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be something. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of controversy with the first two, but uh, none. Yeah, because they're amazing. Uh, after that, though, we're going to get into some dicey area, which we will deal with when we get there. But first, I have to ask the traditional retroactivity question. And I'm going to start with you, Shadow. Uh huh. Which is your favorite Mass Effect game? You don't have to Mass give Effect. a reason why, but OK. All right. Uh, Mass Effect Monopoly <laughs> is my favorite Mass Effect game. That's that's what the, we're talking about today, right? All the various uh like physical games that was made for mass effect right wait yeah oh these are video games <laughs> shit uh probably i don't know two there's a two right this is where we there's, find out that there's Shadow. a two <laughs> there is there is there really is this is where we find out that shadow uh is actually just a really big fan of monopoly but didn't know that mass effect was a separate franchise just assumed I all just normal it was a really cool sci-fi monopoly guys <laughs> i didn't know there's lore it's <laughs> well if mass effect didn't have lore it would be knights of the old republic <laughs> oh oh dang oh, license. Right. i said it 
I mean, <clears throat> that's not wrong. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll get to that too. But before we do, is two your uh, your real answer, Shadow? Two two is my real answer. Yes. That is that is a fair choice. And what about you, Eyes? What is your favorite Mass Effect game? Um. Well. The real answer is two, but I was told to say my Mass Effect body pillow that has Garrus Vicarian plastered all over it. Yes! Because it is a thing that I have. And I wanted to show it on stream, but then I'd have to show my face, and I can't do that. You, you, you got me beat on, like, the most, uh, like, most personal Mass Effect merch, because, like, I, I got a few things here and there, but I do not have a body pillow. You, you got me beat on you, that one. You should get on that. They're, they're wonderful. I really should. Oh, eyes later, you're gonna take a picture of it and put it in Discord, and I'll uh, I'll like slap that <laughs> somewhere at like the end of the upload for this on YouTube. That way, people can see what we're talking about. Do you about. want the the spooning side where he's <laughs> curled up on his side adorably, Aww. or do you want the side where he's on his casuals, like back in his non-armor? Uh, how about both, and then we'll edit together, edit it together really awkwardly. Okay. It works. It works good. So can we, can we have Garrus spoon prone Garrus? Is the question. <laughs> Garrus X Garrus. Let's go. I'm so ready for I've that. Seen and might have participated in writing fan fiction about this. <laughs> Garrus Vicarian <laughs> fighting Garrus Vicarian. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, I'll take things I didn't know I needed for 400, please. <laughs> uh, so I will say that up until about a year and a half ago, Mass Effect 1 was my favorite. Uh, and I'll get into why. But I would say as of now, probably two. It's close for me between two and three. And I know okay. three has awkward opinions, but if I had to pick one, I would say probably two. So we've all picked the same one. So that's... That's good. That means, means there'll be no disagreements today, and everybody's going to come out of this very happy, right? Yeah, uh huh. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <clears throat> uh huh. Yeah, you guys are going to get mad at me when we get to starts... three. I doubt it. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so, Mass Effect 1. Uh, before we talk about Mass Effect 1, there's another game that isn't even a Mass Effect game that we have to talk about just a little bit. And that is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. You mean Mass Effect Zero? Basically, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. It, that is accurate. It is, it is basically Mass Effect Zero. And that's why we're going to talk about it just a little bit. I'm not going to go into heavy details with it, no spoilers or anything like that, even though it is one of the most spoiled things on the internet. <clears throat> uh, but that was BioWare's, like, it was their sci-fi game that they just kind of wanted to make. They had the ability to make a Star Wars game, and they went with it. And they ended up creating this formula that they would go on to perfect throughout the Mass Effect series. The reason that I bring this up is because Mass Effect would not exist as we know it without Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic did so much to create Mass Effect. And I think it's worth mentioning just to kind of give everybody an idea uh, of, of where Mass Effect got its legacy and how sometimes reusing concepts and assets and even voice actors, there's actually a lot of voice actors and actresses from Knights of the Old Republic that make appearances in, uh, in the Mass Effect games. Um, Caden from uh, Mass Effect, well, he's in all of them, um, and, and Jack from Mass Effect 2. <laughs> He uh, just keeps getting reincarnated. That's he, that poor, <laughs> that poor Caden Alenko. I killed you near the end of one. Why are you here? <laughs> oh, that's something I'm going to talk about later. <clears throat> 
we'll, we'll get there. We'll get. We'll get there. We'll get there. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there went a cop car. Nice. So what do you want to what do you want to talk about with uh, with Coder? Because yeah, I mean, yeah, I fully agree with you. Like a lot of the stuff that uh, you know started in with that became Mass Effect was definitely like the Bioware crew be like, "Huh, really like the sci-fi stuff, but the Star Wars license is expensive. What can <laughs> right? we do?" Right. Uh, and I feel like that's what they did. And I actually want to make a comparison to something, and that's actually GoldenEye sixty four. Uh, what they did with GoldenEye sixty four to Perfect Dark. Because Perfect Dark is basically GoldenEye 64 2. Uh, it, it, okay. it uses a lot of the same assets, a lot of the same concepts, where on harder difficulties you have more objectives that you have to complete in addition to the game being harder. Um, a lot of people will say that Perfect Dark was a spiritual successor to GoldenEye. Uh, effectively, Perfect Dark is what GoldenEye 64 2 would have been if they retained the license for the James Bond stuff. They didn't. So they made Perfect Dark, and that's what I think of whenever I think of Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect is they pulled a Perfect Dark. They wanted to make another one because they they loved it so much and people loved it so much. They wanted to make another, but they didn't have the Star Wars license to make it. So they did their own thing. And I know a lot of Star Wars fans out there are probably going to give me shit for this, but I think Mass Effect is better than Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, dang. Yep. Uh, I said it, I said it, uh, but I think it's a product of the times, and that's kind of how I'm going to bleed into Mass Effect 1, is that, for those of you that have played all the Mass Effect games, Mass Effect 1 is kind of clunky. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. No. It, it, it's, it's a little clunky, but it's clunky in the same way that Knights of the Old Republic is. It is... Certainly. It has that movement clunk to it. It's got that, uh, that, that combat freeze uh, while you have your ability wheels open. It's got that weird little clunk to it that slowly gets ironed out as we go through the series. Um, so if you if you ever play Knights of the Old Republic and then you play Mass Effect, you're going to see a lot of similarities. Um, now, the, of course, like I mentioned, the first one that comes to my mind is the combat clunk and the dialogue wheel and how it ends up looking. Um, I will say it has been a couple of years since I played Knights of the Old, Knights of the Old Republic uh i've replayed mass effect one more recently than that so there may be some things i've forgotten as far as similarities there but um but yeah there's a lot with knights of the old republic is there anything uh that you guys can think of off the top of your heads that kind of flow there so to speak i mean a lot of that idea of like you know you build up a team of crewmates that kind of join with you and like judge you on the decisions you make and the things like that and the the goody baddies sort of morality meter majig mm -hmm. all, all all definitely plucked from from knights to to bring over to mass effect certainly um yeah no definitely if i, I think they'll, they'll even admit it themselves right that like it is pretty much a spiritual successor right i i think that, i don't know if they've ever come out and said it but i mean come on <laughs> it can't not be like come on uh, out of curiosity, uh, have either of you played Knights of the Old Republic? Religiously. Oh. <laughs> I I played I played about half. I, I finally like I, I got through maybe like the first three or four worlds, and then I was like, "Yep, I got this." And then I my file got corrupted. <laughs> Ooh. My save oh. file, and I was like, "I don't feel like playing twenty hours in this again." And I never <laughs> touched it again. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I played it for the very first time just a few years ago uh, on stream. Just it ended up on my rotation and I'll be the first to admit I used cheat codes to make the game a bit 
easier because uh, some parts of that game were hope you're high enough level because if you're not bye i i definitely got rolled over by a mandalorian or two one or more, on more than one occasion it was like no doubt oh i can can i no i can't hide can i can i hit hit no mm -mm. <laughs> i guess i'm just going back to previous save <laughs> it's yep. like they weren't quite aware of how to guide their players into the areas they're supposed to go to first in those games yeah yep. They figured that out a little better in Mass Effect, but it's clearly like, by the way, you can go wherever you want. Wherever you want. It's just that <laughs> that thing over there might murder you a whole bunch and, you know, soft lock you in place and have fun. Yeah, well, what's that? You deleted your, you uh, overwrote your last save that it would have saved you from this? Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> the new game button's over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has that old RPG feel to it where... It could be brutally hard and just not tell you it was going to be brutally hard. You just had to find mm -hmm. that out for yourself. And what I find so interesting about that is I feel like Knights of the Old Republic is one of those games that kind of bridged the old style with the new style. Which is strange. I mean, it was also, you know, one of those first instances of a, of a shooty shoot mixing with an RPG. Mm -hmm. And obviously there were going to be some pretty clunky bits about trying to make that work. Um still honestly all the way through the series sometimes but uh it was definitely bold a choice for them to try to kind of make all that work yeah i agree and i, I know this is gonna sound really dumb but when i was playing knights of the old republic uh when i got to the the planet where you can like build your own lightsaber and whatever the moment i equipped dual lightsabers and found that you could push the x button on your keyboard to put your lightsabers away and then push the button again to like <laughs> flip them out I just that sat there for hour. a solid 10 Yeah, just 10 minutes just pushing that button. It was the most satisfying thing. Oh, man, I just love lightsabers. I can't help it. Uh, my chat will be the first to tell you guys that uh, I may or may not have purchased a custom lightsaber that glows rainbow, uh, and it oo-woos whenever you turn it on. I, uh, I definitely did not do that. Uh, don't listen to my chat. What? <clears throat> nope. Th th there's no proof. There is no proof that I have a rainbow None. lightsaber. That it None was. proof, nope. huh? Nope. No Except proof. that you just told on yourself. Okay, look. It was a business expense, so I got away with it. Okay? <laughs> chat let me okay with it. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> anyway. You got to show it at least once on stream, and then you get it straight to QuickBooks. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know. <laughs> it's almost like I've done it. What? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <clears throat> mm, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, that's a, there's a podcast idea. <laughs> taxes. Who taxes the nah. podcast? Wouldn't that be fun? What have you expensed while streaming? <laughs> My dignity. <clears throat> Somewhere there's an IRS guy going, aha, got him. Then <laughs> he just knocks on the door and he's like, hey, guess what? And I'm like, what? He's nuts. Got him. And then he just runs away. That would uh, that would be not only terrifying but also amazing that an IRS guy would do that because as everyone knows, everyone in the IRS has no sense of humor. At least that's what I've been told for a long time. Except for that one guy. Uh, I know this is way off topic, but who wants to be a millionaire, right? Like Regis Philbin, like late '90s. Who wants to be a millionaire? There was a dude that went on there, and uh, he worked for the IRS. I'm pretty sure he was the first guy to ever win the million. And when he got to the million dollar question, he hadn't used any of his lifelines and he used his phone a friend lifeline. Uh, and, you know, the, it was his dad and his dad came on and the dude goes, I don't really need your help. I just wanted to let you know I'm going to win the million dollars. And 
Ever since then, anytime somebody mentions people from the IRS, he's the guy I think of, and just the balls on that guy is next level. <laughs> because you know, if he if he was wrong, <laughs> that would have been like he, he would have gone down in history as the biggest douche, yeah, like right. the largest, most terrifying of douche. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that Your that IRS confident or um, confidence. Yeah, there we go. That's a word that exists. That IRS confidence just swagging in there. Yeah, I'm going to win. Loses and walks away. Sorry, the answer is B. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mass Effect. That's what we were talking about. I got distracted by the thought of lightsabers. Not uh, Regis Philbin's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire from the, <laughs> yeah. from the late 1990s. <laughs> oh, can we mod in Regis Philbin to take the place of, oh, I don't know, like Caden or somebody, please? I need that. That would be that? hotter. How about Regis Philbin for the elusive man? Oh, oh, oh my he could have done it. No. He could have done amazing. it. He could have oh done it. God. Just saying. I, I need can't. this. <laughs> and like every time you talk to him, right? Like he uh he just like who wants to be a millionaire, like asks you a multiple choice question, and that's what your dialogue wheel is, A, B, C, and D. I'm thinking He's too much. He's way about this. too nice though. Yeah. That's why it would be even even spookier, right? Because then, like, <sighs> you'd be like, "Oh yeah, this you know this elusive man. He seems pretty charming, fella." Oh, oh wait, oh. aww, <laughs> oh no, he just wanted to help humans. Be better than everybody else. <laughs> wow, Regis. Wow, <laughs> can't call him Tim anymore. His name is Regis. That's like my personal headcanon now. Every time I play Mass Effect, he's just going to be Regis Philbin for me. Somebody get there to work go. on that as a mod, please. There's got to be enough sound bites. <laughs> he's on Regis Kel. He's he, uh, going off a tangent once again. Regis Philbin, one of the most uh, prolific are on the air uh, personalities of all time. So there's got to be enough audio of him. <laughs> I hope so. Piece together. Trying to say like Geth and stuff is going to be a little tough, but you know. <laughs> Just shove words together. It's uh, fine. Only imagine how terrifying that would sound. <sighs> I think chat's having fun over there while we're just going off on tangents about Regis Philbin. I'm going to mm. be honest with you, Regis Philbin is not who I thought I'd be talking about when we went to talk about Mass Effect, but here we are. It is permanently. I, I make it my goal in every every show that I do for off of my own channel that Regis Philbin's brought up at least once. <laughs> so... <laughs> Perfect. Check. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Crossing that off the checklist pretty early. Haven't even gotten into Mass Effect 1 yet. We're still in like Mass Effect 0 territory. Speaking of Mass Effect 0 territory, so Knights of the Old Republic, um, building your team, right? Like in Mass Effect 1, that was just kind of a thing that happened. Your team just kind of assembled around you, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Mass Effect yeah. 2, when we get there, I feel like it did it the best. Compared to 1 and 3. And Based would... on our answers for best of the series, I'm guessing we're not going to disagree too much. I mean, that's the basis of the whole game, it seems, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And when you create a, a dynamic for your game, like immediately, that is like, hey, build a team. You better make sure the building that team is rewarding and satisfying. And I feel like they did it right. But we'll get there. Uh, so Paragon and Renegade is one of the core things throughout the Mass Effect series. Um, it is it is the morality system 
that was borrowed from Knights of the Old Republic, uh, where you man could was do... that a, like a mid two thousands thing, huh? Right? Like the, the real like two sides of the coin. Either like the goodiest two shoes or the goodiest two shoe galaxy, or you are a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you were like, it was almost like you were. I don't want to say punished, but looked down upon if you took like the neutral route. Oh yeah, no, 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 no centrist in Mass Effect. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. <laughs> Too bad I do it anyway. Yeah, and then I, it's just sad. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting that they didn't really have to make two games, so to speak, but the differences in a Renegade playthrough versus a Paragon playthrough, it shows an attention to detail that. I don't think I'll ever forget because there's so many little things that happen on a Paragon playthrough that you'll never see on a Renegade and vice versa. Um, there's uh, is it, no, it's Mass Effect three. There's uh, there's a little side quest you can do where there's uh, one of those. Um, what are they called? Where they talk about the Enkindlers all the time. They're floating jellyfish things. Hanar. Hanar. So, uh, stupid glowing jellyfish yeah, you big <laughs> stupid jellyfish it's just mm-hmm. like the best line and if you're doing a paragon run through you will never see that you'll never hear big stupid jellyfish it's true it's it's incredible because unless you do a lot of side quests and manage to max out both true which is so strange from like a like a story perspective gameplay perspective it makes perfect sense but from a from a story standpoint you being a paragon like god and then like a renegade master all at the same time this is really bizarre to me you just well, ha- you're, you're just a, a chef of many hats you know sometimes <laughs> you're gonna be sometimes it'll be good cop sometimes it could be really bad cop you just don't have to think about it as like a power or something you just think of it as he this is a person that's been through a lot of crap and has seen a lot of stuff so they're gonna have a lot of reactions to different stuff and just don't think about it too much and you know, thinking of the opposite of that, um, a game like Infamous. I don't know if either of you have experience with Infamous. That uh, was exactly what I was thinking of, of that mid two thousands yeah. duality of morality thing. Yeah. But now that in totally. that one, I don't think you could like switch between good and bad. Like it was a monumental pain in the ass if you wanted to try to do that. I you, think. You, it was it was very difficult because because the game ends essentially two different ways depending on which path you kind of took up to that point. Right. Yeah. And. I'm trying to think of which one was the canonical ending, but it eludes me. It's been a while since I've played through that series. I, I want to say it was the it was the bad one. I, I, that's what two. I was thinking too. I'm pretty sure. Man, that's, that's nutty. never got to play for it, play it personally, but I've seen people play bits and pieces of it. So I'm it was a, it was a fun game. Uh, it was one of the earlier open world explore around, do things uh, games, and it, it was good. It was really good. Uh, but I don't know. I felt like it fell off after Second Son, and I enjoyed Second Son a lot, um, especially because you had neon powers. And I mean, who doesn't want neon powers? But yeah, but yeah, again, like kind of that, yeah, that very like there are no you could never possibly have see the the world in shades of gray. It must be all either you're good or you're evil, right? And <laughs> admittedly, with Mass Effect, you know, it was, it was a little bit more like Dirty Harry versus like by the books, Mister Man or Miss Lady. But I like. Yeah, no, that was still kind of that that era, right? Because there was, mm-hmm. uh, there's Infamous, there was uh, Mass Effect, there was Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, I 
forgot about in that world of yeah you you could either be the good boy or you could be the bad boy but you gotta choose one yeah yeah and um fallout did that right uh yeah three especially yeah. yeah Yeah, three. give give a bottle, give bottles of water to a to homeless person. You can go overlook any atrocity, <laughs> right? You murdered an entire town with a nuke. Yeah, but I gave that homeless dude like a hundred bottles of clean water. I, I gave okay. him a lot of clean water. I guess it's in fun. a Fable series. Yeah, yeah all of Fable. Those yeah, it was a product of the time, and I feel like some games did it better than others. And I feel like one of the ones that did it in the most memorable way was Mass Effect. Truly. Uh. Now, as far as like what Paragon and Renegade did for you in each game, that does vary. But I do feel like the the system itself was good. Now, th- this is kind of an overarching thing. But, you know, in the first game, your Paragon stuff was just extra dialogue options or your Renegade stuff is just extra dialogue options. They'd be grayed out if you didn't have enough points. But if you did, it would be the uh, respective color blue for Paragon or red for Renegade. But in later games, you would just get these almost quick time events. Uh, that were like interrupts and heck yeah and they to me they were hit and miss sometimes they felt good and sometimes it was like i'm gonna sit my controller down to watch this cut scene and take a drink of something oops i missed it and it felt really bad i always appreciated those because they really kind of built into that sort of like good or bad or you know like yeah like lawful or chaotic sort of right. uh yeah like impulses which were kind of fun of like, oh, this guy's talking shit. Yep, gonna gonna shoot gonna shoot a gas tank next to him and blow him up. <laughs> or like, I, I'm gonna give this person a hug because it looks like they're having a bad time. But should I do it? Should I do it? Or should I leave him alone? It's nice. I got addicted to kicking people off of buildings. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot. So there's good. a lot of of taking shots and kicking people off of, off of things. Yo, I was Mass Effect Two, I believe. You kick that. Uh, can't remember if it's a dude or a robot, but you kick him right off the uh, the top of that building. It's very oh, it's satisfying. definitely a Solarian. Oh, okay. It's been it's been a hot minute. Normally, He's I go like, Paragon because I'm a loser. Is that one where you're like uh, trying to stop an assassination or something, and you like climbing yep. that tower? Yeah, yep. that's the one. And then yep. they just look at you like, "Oh my god!" And Shepard's just like, "You watched me do a billion other worse things, and this is the thing. This is the thing that you're bothered by, really." You're upset about this. <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna kill us. You see him? He had a gun. I had to kick him off the building. I let a psychopath murder in and pretend to be a good person on my team, and you thought this was bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was. Ooh, oh, we're gonna get to that because that's. We'll get that. That's that's how I want to go out. <clears throat> so, what? <laughs> I mean, what? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll get there. You gonna... concern me, Jacob. And, and <laughs> I concern a lot of people. It's it's the a Corinthian gambit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Garrett. It's is, a choice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been so high that you think you're a biotic god? <laughs> that is probably one of my favorite parts of the games. Period. <laughs> oh, it's uh, <laughs> just just the 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 humor within it all. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a super dark situation, and all of a sudden you have this poor bola stuck in the middle of it. And it's <laughs> like, I feel bad for you, but you're adorable, and I'm going to encourage you in the things that you want to do. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> you be a biotic god. <laughs> you do what you what makes you happy, please. 
The poor Vola is just just consistently, by the way, like the kind of butt of jokes, right? Like, I know. They never really get a chance to be to be too serious in the series, huh? Yeah. But they're it's like they're always fun when they're there, though. It's just nobody in the universe cares about them. True. <sighs> but they're also dicks I'm sometimes, so. Really hoping one of these days, if they ever pick up the series again, we get either an Elcor or a Volus as a companion yes. or teammate in the game. A Volus least, is just a dick all the time. At least you yep. did get to play. It was Mass Effect 3, right? In the multiplayer, yep. you could play as a Volus? That's correct. Yep. So at least get, got that far. And I, I, I hope they keep digging into it further eventually, yeah. But that was fun. I, I just love the idea of the super sardonic, no emotion Elcor commenting on intense <laughs> situations from behind Shepard or whoever the heck the main character. Extreme just... terror, <laughs> enemies to our rear. <laughs> be amazing. Could you imagine that as a romance option? <laughs> Stop me, you're, you, you, you elephantine monster! Oh my god! Crush me between your between your hooves, you monotone bastard! Oh dear oh lord! <laughs> Oh, that's once again. I'll take things I didn't know I needed for four hundred, please. <laughs> oh, what a day this has become. So, speaking of party members and companions, so Mass Effect One, of course, you play a Shepard and you can create Shepard's backstory, male or female, and you could choose between like three different backstories yep. of whether you grew up mm -hmm. on Earth in the streets and that kind of stuff, or you grew up on a colony. I always took the Earth option because uh, I'm a loser. Uh, but you kind of create your own character. It's not super detailed character creation. And I personally always went with the, the default look of Shepard. I don't know. It just kind of really? seemed right for me. So I never like really changed his looks ever. Yeah, no, I'm definitely one of those people that takes like half an hour to make a new character every time. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm playing for myself for stream, whatever it, I have to sit on that character creator screen for ages and then i'll play it and then i'll realize that i didn't look at the the, the face at an angle and then i have to go back and do it again oh yeah no. i can relate to that i can relate to that i'll spend like three hours making a new shepherd and think ah today this will be the time i make an attractive male shepherd this is it and then i realize i hate it and go back to playing femship mm -hmm. <laughs> i i think i played femship once in mass effect 3 but typically i went um male ship just because mostly in rpgs like that i would just take whatever the default would be and just like oh i guess that's the character they want me to be and i would just run with it i'm, I'm not super creative in the design stuff so i never really tried to like make my own character so to speak there's, there's also nothing wrong with self-insert and stuff like that right like just building something that you, you could feel like you can connect to pretty personally right right well, that's also kind of a point of mass effect too so yeah true very true because you're making the decisions you're effectively telling Shepard what to say you know but it's also That's cool to... it, i just <laughs> had an image in my head of you, you're actually not playing a Shepard in, in the mass effect <laughs> series you're instead whispering in their ear <laughs> the entire time hey Shepard. oh hey, my god hey kill rex kill him <laughs> right now do it do it oh no so like there's like a hidden scene uh, in Mass Effect 1 that only happens if you have cleared save data from all three games. And when you boot up the game, it has uh, 
uh, Harbinger, the thing from, from Harbinger, it's just like assuming direct control, but it's on Shepard, <laughs> and just, it's you. It just connects him, and that's... <laughs> the rest of the game is completely the same, but it starts with that. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the fandom would lose their minds. <laughs> that would be incredible. <sighs> Not yeah. Rex. <laughs> you poor Rex. Not Rex. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get to that. So speaking of Rex, we'll start with Rex. Uh, so as I mentioned, there are multiple characters that you can recruit. Uh, some of them are optional. Some of them are, are definitely not optional. One yeah, of the ones that is optional. Okay. What, what you, so is Rex and Garrus, right? Are the, are the two optional ones? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I was trying to think about it because there's yeah. like Tali. Tali, I think, is like story re required. Yep. And so is Liara, I think. Yep. I'm pretty you have sure. To go rescue yeah. Her. Yeah. But yeah, Garrison, Garrison Rex, they sit off to the side. I've, I've heard, I've actually met people who never had Garrison in their playthrough. And I, and I was like, what? Yeah. How? Yeah. Heathens. Yeah, it, mm. it, it's funny. Whenever you start up Mass Effect 1, um, you, uh, you know, you're on this new ship, the Normandy, which is a fantastically designed ship. Uh, and you, you have that mission uh, at Eden Prime, which kind of sets up the game. A little bit of a tutorial shows you uh, the bad guy uh, and kind of sets the precedent for the game. But then after that, the first place you go is the Citadel, which is a massive uh, hub where there's a bunch of side quests. There's a bunch of characters and you, it just kind of gives you the Citadel. And it's like, have fun. And there's an achievement uh, or trophy. If you uh, play on the <coughs> inferior <coughs> consoles <coughs> that uh, is to complete the majority of the, uh, the missions in the game. And I seem to remember when I went for that achievement, I just went around the Citadel and did missions and I yeah. got that achievement, which I believe is to clear 90% of the missions. I managed to get that before I rescued Liara. Sure. Yeah. And rescuing Liara can be one of the first missions that you do. We also spend like five hours at the beginning of the game in the Citadel, like bouncing around, trying to find those keepers. Oh, that quest makes me so mad because <laughs> I can never find them all ever. Please do not disturb the keepers. Pokes repetitively. And then Please they're actually important. The keepers. <laughs> it baffles me that they made those irritating little things important. Hey, you remember them, didn't you? That's true. That is true. And I remember not to disturb them. I just always imagine that if you continue disturb disturbing them, that whoever is doing the voice for the electronic thing will like pop out of a wall and just shoot Shepard. Avila just reaches an arm out of the wall and then just grabs your neck and pulls you in. <laughs> Critical mission bum, failure. That was always a terrifying way to die to me, not getting pulled into a wall. But uh, the, the critical—I <laughs> mean, it would, it would. But the critical mission failure thing, where it pops up and it just has that droning note that just keeps hitting, and the camera spins with like, oh, oh, and the old staring theme. Yeah. Oh, Aspect has some good music too, but yes. Oh, yeah. No, we, we absolutely like uh, that is actually what drew me in initially, and then why I loved Mass Effect is so much as I did at the beginning, because like. You know, you, you play a lot of RPGs where you, like, come in and they get to the starting screen and all that. And it's, like, this bombastic, like, full orchestra, like, Ah, you are here and we are playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there's, you know, sweeping violins and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be an epic. But instead, Mass <laughs> Effect, it's, it, it starts off with, uh, with a picture of Earth and, and just this, this quiet synth in the background. And it's... <laughs> 
it, I get goosebumps literally every time I hear it and every time I see that that intro screen. And I'll admit, as much as I love Mass Effect 2, they betray that feeling because mm. they do go to exactly what I'm talking about in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> but, can I get you to like narrate that so I can play that every time an opening cutscene <laughs> happens? Just... <laughs> Welcome to video game! <laughs> But no, I, yeah, that that's what I knew. That's what I knew that it was going to be a different game. You know, it was going to be something special. Was that like, oh, it's just we're just we're going to space and we're going to explore and we're going to find new things and it's going to be great. That's, that's why that's why I bought it. <laughs> and it's, don't lie, it, we're here to fuck aliens. <laughs> but there was that too. <laughs> I'll admit, I was a little intrigued when I saw the sex box. <laughs> uh, like titles everywhere on on the internet and and TV and such, but I yeah that that's I after having already purchased the game that's where I was like <laughs> okay this is this is gonna be something coming in here yeah oh, okay. anyway uh, uh, Rex right we were talking <laughs> Rex yeah sorry yeah Rex uh, so. Uh, I feel like there are six total characters that you can get uh, in your party in Mass Effect 1. Uh, Tali, Liara, Rex, Garrus, uh, Caden, and Ashley. And For a while. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, till, uh, till Vermeer has. <clears throat> so I feel like each character is so unique. Except for Caden and Ashley. Uh, that... <laughs> That's what makes them so memorable. And in the case of Kate and Ashley, they're the same person. So near the end of the game, it's like, all right, we know this is the same person. So just kill one. <laughs> we, the same we, person, we, so. the, Normandy's just a little too heavy. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta lose some cargo. What you got? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to. I just get my story on that. Both option. Oh, oh, but then we missed the coolest scene from Mass Effect Three. That's oh. true. But still, both. Oh. Yeah. And uh, then we could replace them with really nice people that don't creep me out. Like Jacob. Jacob's nice. You know how weird it is hearing that said like that? Knowing oh, that you're talking about yeah, the cool yeah, Jacob and not me. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> that. That threw me for a loop when I played oh, Mass Effect 2. Yeah, you threw how, me up there. Wow, everybody forgot, huh? No, <laughs> forgot. I can't let myself think about that character because it's another instance in which bioware is cucking me <laughs> oh no oh. he's fine he's, he's fine he was no they take it they, they hold him in front of you and they're like look this is a character that you can have as your companion throughout the story and then they take him away and then you get to watch him go be happy with someone else Oh, that's right, Mass yeah. Effect 3, because <laughs> I've just always been bros with him all my life, and then I forgot that, yeah, you could, oh, oh, yeah. Huh. Yes, that's huh, a it, thing. That is a whole thing, ain't it? Well, I, I, can at least, I can at least level with you on that. This is not Mass Effect, but Aveline from Dragon Age 2 to this day. I I'm know. So sad. I'm so sad. <laughs> you guys have lost Same me thing. on Dragon Age. No, 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 no. Actually, where's Varric? Varric too, certainly, but I, at least I I get that from the perspective. Like Varric's his own man. He's you know he's, he he does what he does. He is the best Bioware character. No one can can change my mind. It's not possible. 
but but just just to kind of draw a quick parallel like uh, evelyn's got a kind of a similar sort of uh i would say a similar flair to jacob and like just this strong character who stands by what they believe in uh real just kind of go-to real reliable character and i was like i it, it, especially at that point in my life when I was playing, I was like, I, I need this anchor in my life. Please, 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 Bioware, let, let me let me hang out with her more. And then you you do these side quests where you're trying to help her hit on a guy who's completely oblivious because she's terrible at hitting on people. I and know. Like, that was the cringest thing ever. Oh, it's adorable. You can flirt with her during the whole me that whole mission, and that's weird. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do this? You're like, you're rubbing it in the, per the player's face that, ah, yes, look, this is the awesome character. No, you can't have it. Mass oh. Effect learned that lesson over time. They're like, you know what? You can have everyone. You can at least in one game or another, you can have everyone. No, you can't. Wait, who? Because they cock block <sighs> you in three with James. Oh really? Wait. Yes. J James Vega? Yep. Freddy you Prince cannot Jr.? romance. <laughs> he gets Freddy really Prince Jr., yeah. <laughs> you can have a romance scene with him in Citadel, but then he gets really weird and they make it really rapey and gross. Ugh. So it's not worth doing. Okay. He like re he regrets it after and he's just like, I <laughs> I looked up to you and now I can't look at you anymore is basically Vega. what happens. Vega, no. That's that's pretty rough. <laughs> I will admit I never no. really used him, unfortunately. And it's I... unfortunate. It, he's great. I mostly had just eyes for Garrus, so I, I never I never had the chance because I, I do love Vega though. Oh Garrus is he he more than makes up for everything else, but it's like uh why? Why would you let somebody I, I just th that squicked me out. It's turned me off of Vega entirely because of that that whole we're gonna make Shepard into a creepy old lady who creeps on young guys Ugh. scene. Ugh. I guess he is pretty young, huh? Not really. Vega? I mean, he's he's an adult. Who he's cares? an adult. It's true. He's, <laughs> he's an in he's in the end program. That means he's gotta be somewhat older. Maybe That's like mid twenties. Shepard ain't that old. I'm trying to remember if it says his age somewhere, but No. I cannot remember. But he's an N7, which means that he's been in service for a while. So I yeah. would say probably a little younger than Andromeda 3's dad. Fair enough. Andromeda's dad. Why did I add a three? I don't know. I'm just massive bleh, words. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... Andromeda 3. Listen. In, in an alternate galaxy far, far away. <laughs> well, she wasn't in first contact, so she wouldn't be that old. True. So maybe like late thirties at the most by the end of the game, I would think. Mm. And then, well, I mean, trying to figure out Shepard's age would be an absolute nightmare anyway, because of what happens at the beginning of two. Yep. Is he two years older or two years younger? Because technically, or is the is one. Shepard one year old? That's I the like question, it. ain't it? Oh no. I we also don't really know that. how long the games take. Oh, I didn't think of that. No. Oh, they actually literally have the number. Never mind. Uh, according, to, according to Tractor Lover, 2154. The game starts oh my in 2183. God, so there you go. What wow. the hell, Vega? She's not that much older than you then. Uh, what? Oh, actually, hang what? on. You can't romance Edie, can you? No, you no. can't. No, I mean, or Joker. Or so, Rex. Yeah. Speaking of Rex, 
Yeah, you yeah, Rex. You can't yeah. romance Rex. Yeah, Rex is great. Rex is great one of my romance. favorite characters. Mine I love too. Rex. He is my favorite. Period. Yeah. Crush like... me, you lizard. You large lizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rex is great. Oh, so yeah, actually, so speaking of Rex, uh, Rex is a bounty hunter. A lot of you, I dropped my pin. A lot of you know this. Rex is a bounty hunter, and he just—he's like, wow, you're you're a badass. I'm gonna hang out with you. Well, and one thing they did really well, and also kind of, I guess, tokened the, all the races in Mass Effect was that they gave you pretty much one of all the major ones mm-hmm. to start pretty quick. Yeah. And so, like, everyone had like a pretty good representation of what's like what's going on with each of these, which each of these races, and Rex just happens to be the most connected to that particular story than anybody else. Which is interesting because the Krogans, they were kind of outcasts. Most of them were bounty hunters. Uh, there's a lot of back lore and stuff that would take hours upon hours to explain, but most Krogans are just bounty hunters. They just kind of go off and do their own thing. Uh, so there's not really a like a group. Yeah, because of the genophage. Uh, so they all kind of just go off, do their own thing, make their own. Well, I wouldn't even say they really make groups, but there's not really like an embassy uh, to control them like there is uh, for like the humans and the, the Salarians and the Asari and stuff like that. Um, they're, they're just kind of off on their own. And I feel like Rex was the perfect way to put one in your party in a semi-natural way. Yep. He's probably easily my favorite companion because of the fact that he's not essential. He's super snarky and mm-hmm. going to give it to you differently than the other characters are because he's seen the hi. Everybody hates my existence because I'm a Krogan. No one trusts me. They think I'm going to turn into a horrible rage monster and kill them, which is likely true. But (laughs) he's going to just his whole dialogue is just so different from the others because of that. And I like it. And he's he's just so so much more guarded than the rest of the crew who's like, Mm. yeah, let me tell you about my home life and, uh, you know, everything else going. And he's like, I'm just here to to get things done. I I don't care. Shepherd. <laughs> Rex. Shepherd. <laughs> I love it. Please tell me you guys got the uh the endless loop in the Citadel DLC oh, if you course. play it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Shepherd. <Rex>. Grunt. <laughs> Grunt. Shepherd. <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> Grunt. Rex. <laughs> Uh, it's funny how some of those things just stick. Like, then stop, I hear uh, that. Like <laughs> Mass Effect 3 was a lot of fan service, and I was uh, that exact fan that wanted it. I didn't uh, care. Yeah, I, I, knew it it was, so I knew it was cheesy and, and goofy as fuck, but I didn't care. I wanted more. Yeah. And it's so, they kept them all in so much, like they're in character, but they're still, I don't know fan fictiony at the same right. time yeah, in yeah. the best of ways yeah so for those that are aware to that idea you know you so rex would be hanging out in like your weapons area on, on the normandy and uh whenever you know you'd go up to him talk to him for a bit whatever and then when you were done he would just go shepherd <laughs> rex You're like rex and that was it <laughs> yeah you just walk away conversation's over and it was, it was i love that meme it was fantastic it's like that's all that needed to be said. Yeah. So good. But it I mean, makes me like, want to play I, him again. Yeah, same. I mean, again, maybe, maybe next month. 
I know. All right, all right, let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. So let's, let's do that right yeah, now. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's just talk about it. So, so th there ahead. are major rumors that possibly late October, maybe November, depending on you know how it release schedules. Blah, 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 uh, that the that the original Mass Effect trilogy is going to be re-released, remastered, redefined re revenge revengeanced uh <laughs> into a new trio of uh, or a new trio pack that you can pick up and play and have a great time with and i am so very excited about that because i have convinced uh through various charitable means uh to have my significant other marissa uh play through the series blind on my stream as a result oh, yes. and i am so excited that i'm getting i'm gonna be very wanting to play the game next to her as i get to see it remastered for the first time but i'm very excited that it, it's, it's gonna be a whole new generation of mass effect <gasps> that's, right that's a good idea oh my gosh finn's never gotten to play it <gasps> finn you know what you must do oh god you just be sitting there vibrating the whole time like Ooh, yeah that's that's, effect. and that's what's that's gonna be great a super accurate depiction actually <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play through the games like for the million time because oh, so good. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I'll be real. I have played Mass Effect, uh, the entire trilogy on 360, which was what I started on. And then I've played it on PS3 and uh, I've also played it on Xbox One because of the backwards compatible shenanigans just because I wanted to play them. I've never played it on PC ever. And I really want to. It's nice. Because the, the layout looks a lot different and I feel like it I feel like it's more built for PC, but at the same time, I'm not used to that kind of control. So I feel like it's going to mess me up really bad. The but, first was kind of crunchy on PC, mm, not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. The second and third one are pretty easy, but that first one is, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's OK. Mm. Driving space buggy. Oh, God. Space oh, buggy Mako. The Mako is, uh, is a little bit of a, is a bit of a game on PC. You know, but, how everybody I makes mean, a, that's the point yeah totally totally <laughs> i love it you know everybody makes the jokes about trying to like jump up a mountain in oblivion or whatever oh no they mass no effect idea. and the mako <laughs> that trying to drive up a mountain oh hours just slowly creeping up a mountain when you could have just driven around no i'm gonna conquer this mountain and then you accidentally thrust just a little too hard and it throws yep. you off the mountain or you you, you do any oh. thrusting at all you're like i'm just gonna jump to the oh right thrusting <laughs> off the mountain <laughs> all right well guess Whoa. i'm going back down Yep. Low gravity. Wee. Uh, so with uh, with Rex being an amazing character, we're going to talk about two characters that I personally couldn't give less of a shit about. Uh, and that's uh, that's Caden and Ashley. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to let you guys talk about it, because I uh, guess you forgot to pee before this started and is now having a full bladder. I will be <laughs> right back. OK, yeah. So uh, is it interesting? Because I'm, I'm realizing that a lot of the people in chat have no idea what we're talking about. So I feel like given just a little bit of background on each thing before we get into it would be probably, probably good. good. Uh, so, you, you know, Mass Effect, you have this this big old crew of various people. Um, a lot of them are aliens. But uh, in every Mass Effect game, you get at least one or two non-aliens, just straight up old human beings. And uh, in the original Mass Effect, you get two, uh, a dude by the name of Caden Alenko uh biotic extraordinary headache and air uh <laughs> and uh ashley J i want to say ashley jenkins and that's absolutely wrong it's no. ashley ash williams yeah that's the one yep ash williams ashley jenkins is a is a voice actress uh right. ash williams who is um i believe just kind of broadly uh declared to be the space racist 
Kind of, sort of, yeah. At yeah. least in the beginning. She does develop a lot later, but definitely a racist in the beginning. And he, uh, actually, uh, the reason I... Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you real straight up. There, Spoilers for Mass Effect. There's a situation where you have to decide which one lives and dies. Uh, which one did you... Which one do you typically pick? Um, I alternate because, honestly, I just don't really care all that much. I never have anything to do with them beyond the conversations. But Ash in 3 is fantastic. Yeah. Like her armor gets changed her look gets changed she's less of a jerk it's just she's a better character overall she actually acts like she's part of the team but i i always appreciated uh, how much she grows just even in the original game like as is like how much she progresses over that time i think a lot of people like got turned away the first time you talk to her because she's like i don't know about these them aliens it's like well i'm not sure about you ash and then you never talk to her again but she really, she really kind of grows over time, and like, oh, I guess I just haven't really worked with aliens other than them invading and my dad being upset about it. Yeah, pretty much. And you can even see her starting to interact with the other characters more, and even through like the elevator scene, she starts getting concerned about Garrus and Rex and other parts of the team, and that's great. I like that. Totally. Yeah. And meanwhile, I, I gotta say, I, although I love, I, I think he's fine. I just, I've never really bought into Caden all that much. Like uh. I, I, I find it interesting in that he's like, uh, he's, a uh, an insert into like, Hey, how do, why do humans have these space powers? Huh? What, what's going on there? And, and he explains that pretty well, but yeah. beyond that, I'm just not very excited. Um, he gets better later. I think too, is whenever he really starts to get interesting in one he's kind of like the token we needed to have a female romance option in this game and Caden I guess that's you go Caden go (laughs) but in two he actually starts to show more development as a character he has problems with your choices he vocalizes them very strongly because he's kind of a douche in two it's just I hate the way both he and Ashley do that in Mass Effect 2 at the same time though that's the point though it's so frustrating though because they're like oh you're with cerberus they brought me back to life i I, like what do you want they brought me back to life and i'm trying to get my crew back together so i have people i trust because i don't trust cerberus but you're with cerberus i just said i don't trust him but you're with cerberus yeah but can you really blame them, especially since if you go off the idea of being military, they likely know more information about Cerberus than most people at this point, especially since Cerberus is more active in that time. Add to that. Yeah. How also, do they know that's really you? That, oh, yeah, it's that's, true. That's actually fair, yeah. I'm totally Shepard, and your face just, like, ticks up unnaturally, like, <laughs> just like like one of your eyes rolls back in your head and comes back out. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know you have the red scars everywhere so if you're renegade uh and they're like really pronounced i wouldn't think that was shepherd because his insides are glowing through his face which is oh, terrifying boy yeah when you when you really go out on that you you become <laughs> you you become a monster an yeah. actual monster by the end of that yeah which i thought was a neat concept i never had to deal with it because i always play paragon because i'm goody two shoes but it was a really interesting concept to me to make your character's appearance represent that. Kind of like Fable did with the uh, like the angel wings and the demon wings, which yeah, is yeah. fascinating. Yet another tie over from KOTOR. Mm. I don't remember. Um, I know I went like 
the Paragon option in Knights of the Old Republic, but I don't remember what it did exactly. You get shiny. You just become sh someone. In someone comes movie. with an oil bottle over time and just like <laughs> oils the up a little bit more each time. Oh god! <laughs> You've been a good boy. Here, just a little oil. Oh my god! It's like when you do something bad, someone comes with a spray bottle and spray bottle and squirts you. But when you do something good, someone squirts you with oil instead. That's how mm -hmm. you know you've been good, Monka. Uh, uh. Uh, but yeah, um... moisturize me. Oh my god, no! <laughs> oh no, I love moisturize me, Exo Presley. <laughs> <laughs> but now the you don't look human, job. so I don't like you because I'm a space racist like Ashley. <laughs> That's true. I forgot. I, I I was I always just remember Presley because he's uh, every time you leave the ship directly, it's like Exo Presley is now like. Yeah, has the deck. Yeah, has the deck. Yeah, uh, until... he gets better too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he does. does, and then he dies. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right up until the until the death message in Mass Effect Two. He's like, "Oh, these these aliens are all right." You read in his final words of death. Yeah, that's mm. a redemption arc if I've ever seen one. Oh God, that that was the ballsiest way I've ever seen a game start ever. Yeah. You start no Mass kidding. Effect 2 and it's like, wow, shit's going down. But we we're okay. We've got plot armor. No, you don't. You're dead now. You're dead. It's like, what? It's like oh. the best idea at the same time though, because I kind of imagine that meeting room being like, so how can we make an excuse for them to start back at nothing and build their levels and all that other stuff? Let's just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, yeah, I'm sure like EA was like, all right. Now, I get that this has a two on it, and, like, you're doing this whole thing where, like, people can pass in their information uh, from the first game into the second game to, like, continue stuff. But we also need, like, people to buy this game and not play your nerd space game from the first one. <laughs> uh, what do you get to do about that? What do you, what do, you do with this, with this old shepherd they have, huh? Well, I, could, I guess we could kill him. <laughs> and then everybody else at the table just is like, what? <laughs> He's like, perfect. Make it work. Great. <laughs> All right. Oh Make it work, but it has to work within this time frame. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but yeah, like for real, it it absolutely floored me. I was not ready for that at all. That was. Yeah, and that's a terrifying I... way to die, by the way. Yes, it is. <sighs> Be, being or orbited in over a planet in space. Yeah, no, yep. it would not be cool. And then it like shows like it, like all the dead cells as they like try to revive them and everything. And just, oh, 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 oh. Oh, I think I honestly, that's been the most effective opening of any of the games. It like mm, I'd agree. Uh. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's funny because I, I, this is completely unrelated to Mass Effect. But when I was a little kid uh, back in 2000, 2001, so I've been like seven or eight. Uh, there was this movie that came out called Mission to Mars. And oh, yeah. And I watched it as a kid, and there's this scene where they're, like, stuck, and this dude, like, uh, has, like, a grapple hook in space, and he hooks it to a little satellite so they can all, like, make it down to the surface of Mars and not die. Uh, but he overshoots a little bit, so he falls off of it, and he's floating away toward Mars, and his wife is one of the astronauts, and she's like, I'm gonna come get you! And he's like, you don't have enough fuel! And she's like, I don't care, I'm coming to get you! And he's like, well, can't let you do that! And he just takes his helmet off. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And that scarred me that. for years. And then that came along and I'm like, oh, that movie exists. I forgot about that. Oh, no. 
I hate it. Thanks. <laughs> Insides become the outsides. Yeah, it, he like turned to stone and yep. just, oh, <laughs> it terrified me. And then Ben made it an emote in uh, in the <laughs> server over Great. on Discord. And I'm like, wow, Ben, thanks. Just mm. yeah. But, but yeah, thinking back to like how how each Mass Effect starts, like two's probably probably the most like breathless, right? Like yeah. you are just oh, they did that. Okay. Uh fuck. Because <laughs> yeah. like cause like Mass Effect one, what uh, you 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 look into or Shepard's looking into his, or looking into a window while people talk shit about him. <laughs> uh, Pretty much. Yeah. In Mass Effect Three, you're on trial, which is also interesting in its own right. Yeah. But but two's got that big win. I feel like on that on that regard, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And even for like people new to the series that had no context for who Shepard was, what a way to start the game. Even if you don't know the characters. Yeah, you you don't like, have to care about like who the person in that helmet is running around. They just have to know that things are bad right now. Everybody's really upset about it, and you die. Yeah. So there. Not yeah. only die, but specifically die to save your crewmates. Yeah. It was it was something, and and you control Shepard up to that point. So oh, you're, yeah. you're yeah. already like, all right, I'm oh. gonna be the one to save all these people, and then you die. And just... the uh, the scene in the middle with the map. How many of you spent too much time trying to push all of the chairs into space? <laughs> I, I definitely did that once or twice. <laughs> Although most of the time, I'll admit, because yeah, so like the the, the ship's blowing up because the the collectors have come mm -hmm. in to, to destroy it, uh, and there's a portion, a large portion of it where you are walking in just just space. Yeah, like it, you are you are grabbed essentially to the to the ship. But everything else is just open space, and it just gets silent for a second. Yeah. You just hear Shepard's breath right? uh, as you're as you're like looking up at the earth, and like it was what 2009, 2010. So like it wasn't graphically like mind blowing, but it was pretty dang cool to like see the planet like overhead as you're like trying to get over the other side of the ship, and it's like this this is real bad, ain't it? It was so <laughs> cinematic. In the but excuse best me way. for a moment. I've got to make this recliner jettison into nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it is taking up space, and it needs to go into space. <laughs> we called the collectors to help us clean up the place. It's just uh, <laughs> they were they were a little too aggressive with the vacuum cleaner. If you know what I mean? <laughs> two men in a, two men in a truck sent their best. <laughs> oh my oh God. no! <laughs> oh no! Uh, but Mass Effect 1. All right, so characters that we get in Mass Effect 1. Uh, so I, I'm going to assume you guys did great with, uh, with Kate and Ashley. I didn't want to talk about them anyway, so perfect time for me to go to the bathroom. So let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about Liara. Liara was my original waifu. She was my favorite the first time okay. I played. Uh, she was blue, and she was smart, which that meets all my standards. So that was it. I was like, yep, you, you're great. Perfect. End of story. She has cute freckles. Yeah. She has yeah. cute freckles. Yeah. And she's uh, really shy in the first one. Right? And then she is no longer shy after well, that. Well, I don't really blame her. Because <laughs> she has some interesting character development. But she's also like, hey, you're, uh, your mom's a bad guy. What are you going to do about that? And she's just like, I'm not my mom, but I'll help. <laughs> and I don't know. I just. I will say I hate the mission. Uh, where you go get her. Uh, yeah. Especially when, when insanity. Go, I, I accidentally did it the first time. Uh, like, like She was the one that I decided to go for first. Mm. 
And uh, yeah, I did it on, it's way too hard of a difficulty and it beat the crap out of me. But I got very good at driving that, the, the Mako on that level. <laughs> yeah, don't accidentally drive into the lava and have to start the entire planet over. Uh-huh. <laughs> not, not only four times. Oof. But I, it's so much fun having to run over the little Colossus things over and over. And oh, over it's again. so satisfying. <laughs> so satisfying. Tank shot, roll over, wait for it to get up. Tank shot, roll over it. <laughs> or and just jump rinse jet. and repeat. Or, yeah, yeah, just land on it. True. It's so good. <laughs> and I will say that's actually one of the more aggravating things about Mass Effect 1 is its severe lack of autosaving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, it's it's yeah. that classic hardcore RPG, uh, old school stuff where it's like, if you ain't saving yourself, uh, <laughs> you're not getting it saved. Yeah. It, oof. Oof. Mm -hmm. I will admit I did get stuck for a long time when you finally get to Liara and go to leave and there's the bounty hunter Krogan and his army. Yep. And he's just like, move out of my way, you idiot. And he's like, I like it. <laughs> it's not, not a lot of cover in that one. And no. if for a lot of that, like that's for most of people playing for the first time, that's like one of the first major fights you get into. Yeah. Yep. Because, you know, you maybe you do, maybe you, you dicked around in the Citadel a little bit and you got a few fights there here and there. And then, of course, you know, you, you dealt with Eden Prime, but like up to that point, you could kind of just kind of goof your way through it and survive just fine. That one's like, you are trapped in this space and you have to get through this big boy. Can you do it? Not only that, but it's not even him that's the real problem. It's all the other little ads because you're trying mm -hmm. to dodge him because he's constantly charging you. Yeah. Yep. And it, it does a really good job of cementing Krogan's as a threat. Right. Because from there on, you're like, okay, don't fuck with Krogan's. Got it. You, you see a Kro Krogan, you best go running. <laughs> yep. And it'll stick with you for a long, long time. And it makes you appreciate Rex that much more. It's just like, hey, you're one of those, right? Does that mean you're that badass? And Rex is like, yep. Well, yes and no, <laughs> but it was also like, why aren't you getting rid of him, Rex? Come on, please. <laughs> why am I having to do the work here? He's too busy getting stuck on objects. It's so true. Uh... Yeah, Liara Sony, Dr. Liara. Yep. Uh, yeah, I... I, I I kind of have kind of mixed feelings about her, especially in Mass Effect 1, because I feel like a lot of the time it was sort of it was sort of built in as like, hey, she's the hot blue alien, huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and she like I and, fell for it. <laughs> 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 and she, it, she's definitely got an interesting backstory. And, you know, it's it, she's a fun introduction to to the Asari in general of like, mm. oh, man, they live forever. They kind of look like. They they kind of look like hot human women, but the, but actually theoretically they look different compared to every species, depending what you want. Uh, and also they they talk a lot about the sex uh or, or the sex involved with uh, sorry, off like off the top like yeah, I, I, very much compared to the others. You don't you don't talk about having sex with Garrus in the first conversation you have with him. Ah, my God. <laughs> I you know. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm just saying that there should be a little bit more all around and not necessarily well, just with Liara. Fair, to be fair, with Liara, her whole thing is that her race is stereotypically sexual. Like, even not being sexual that's how they immediately are seen which that that is true you you meet the I, with the consort you meet the you go to the the club on citadel before you meet liara for the first time and even like socially 
Yeah. All of the other yeah. races, all they see Asari as are pretty sexual things that can have babies with everything. Yeah. That's like, that's it. That's the, their defining the, characteristics. The trucker mud flap like silhouette of a woman kind of thing yeah except with head tentacles instead (laughs) and liara is kind of the counter to that which is nice yeah because she's actually not particularly sexual she's a young kid pretty much whenever you first meet her she's super interested in nerd stuff and that's pretty much her whole deal yeah true yeah and yeah young 106 year old (laughs) yep (laughs) which as she's keen to remind us is young by asari standards Right, 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 right. Uh, which is, you know, that's terrifying. But you know, they one of the things they talk about the most is they're able to mate with any anyone because they do it through a mind meld type thing, uh, which I always found very fascinating considering when you romance her in Mass Effect 1, uh, y- you know, she wakes up uh, in the uh, in the med bay and she's like, oh, wow, that was amazing. And then Shepard's just laying there like, ready for round two? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a dialogue option is ready for round two. And it yeah, really caught me off guard. Yeah. It, I'm just like, but, but how did like, I would think that considering like the whole concept of like using your mind for this stuff wouldn't like, I would feel like an Asari would be better at it, you know, more She's never capable. Done it, yeah, yeah. Neither a shepherd. He's yeah, just a but... regular human. And he's well, already been mind fucked. Yeah, and he's just like ready for round two. He's like, what are you gonna do, Shepard? She has to start it. <laughs> You're not getting anywhere on your own, buddy. Like, <laughs> what is this dialogue option? I don't understand. But I want it. <clears throat> <laughs> I uh, accidentally romanced Liara my first playthrough through Mass Effect. Accidentally. Yeah, because that was before they really gave away the fact. I didn't. Okay. Backstory. Uh-huh. I did not know anything about this game going into it. It was the first game of its kind I've ever played. I had never played any dating sims before this. I'd never played any action RPGs. It was strictly things like Doom and old school Final Fantasies. I'd never touched anything like this before. So I had no idea there were sex scenes in this game. I had no idea that the romance options were actually really a thing beyond just, you know, flirty stuff. Like a little independent bit of dialogue that doesn't change anything ever. Yeah, and I get you. And so, of course, that means whenever Shepard and Liara have their sex scene at the end of the whole thing, my dad walks in the room and goes, what the fuck are you playing? (laughs) Fox News told me of this. (laughs) Time to shut off this sex box. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, just had no idea that was a thing. And so it was super surprising because I found her to be a little bit creepy in the game since she's so obsessed with Shepard and what he can do. It's like, yeah. uh, you're cute and all, and I like you as a friend. This isn't the friend option. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, I've always found it weird that, like, the song that plays when you're romancing someone in Mass Effect 1 is the same song that plays when you escape Vermeer after you just blew up one of your friends. Wait, really? <laughs> Hold on, because I, I have the soundtrack on my, on my Google Play, and I, I have to, like, go back and, and double-check on that. Oh, yeah, like, like, after you go and blow it up, everybody's, like, sitting around, and I'm, like, 99% sure it plays that theme. 
It does. Yeah, so it plays the love theme after you blow up one of your teammates yeah, and when it, you have sex with a teammate. It's, it's the literally same. called love theme in the in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yep. they just play love theme? <laughs> yep. And the verbal? Yep. yep. Where, as you fly away and the planet explodes and then there's like the conference room, it plays the love Jesus. theme. <laughs> it's it's so even better if you romance one of them sure sure i got you oh all right well we're at this point of mass effect one so i might as well say it so as i mentioned i was very much team liara uh and very much not team space racist so uh so when it got to vermeyer and ashley's like no i'll go i'm like all right you go this is perfect now i don't have to choose between the two of you bye boom i'm like nice now i don't have to watch them fight over me Problem solved. It is literally what happened. I literally killed off Ashley so that I wouldn't have to listen to both of them fight over me. It was a good time. Um, even though Caden's pretty <clears throat> boring. Um, and Ashley, Ashley for some reason gets hot later. Like yeah, in the first game, she's like she super does. plain, but then in the other games, it's like, hey, we made her ass like three times as big. You guys like that? Nice. I'm like, what? They, they they like really kind of yeah glammed her up a little bit uh, yeah. by by three especially yeah like the full blue like though. like latex outfit that she's in and three I'm like hmm you know we've I'm unlocked thinking. the full potential of Unreal Engine <laughs> here's bigger butt I always had this headcanon though that Bioware made her look not too great in the original games specifically because she was the space racist and they don't mm. want you to really like her in the beginning. But at the same time, it's also kind of like, maybe this was just a reused model from KOTOR. <laughs> I, I really was feeling more just like, yeah. Mass Effect 1 had a lot. I mean, like, it was, <laughs> graphically it was okay, mm. but the, there are not a lot of great looking humans in that video game. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys remember. Even like Anderson, who, you know, universally oh. loved boy, yes. uh, Captain Anderson. Yeah. Admiral Anderson, <laughs> Space Master Anderson. Because <laughs> uh, I think what maybe the three counselor, counselor at he gets a lot of names. Yeah, um, yeah. But like he, like let, let, let me just bring up a still of Captain Anderson from Mass Effect One, and like it's just it's not great. <laughs> and yet, ironically enough, the aliens look amazing. Right. So much more attention to detail there. Which is, I feel like almost that was the point because like we know what humans are supposed to look like, but here's these other races that are completely up to the artists that created them. Uh, all that that attention to detail that you know every bit of detail on them is something new for us because we've never seen these races before because it's new to the Mass Effect universe. But we know what humans look like. We've seen a bazillion of them, so it's like whatever. Yeah, that that's very much a, a, like a psychological thing more than mm -hmm. anything else of like. We are very, we as humans are very tuned to what a human should look like mm -hmm. and not look like. And if a human doesn't look like that, then it, it, some problems arise. Yeah. <laughs> Uncanny um, Valley. Exa yeah. Exactly. That, yeah. That's exactly right. Uncanny Valley stuff. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I get this. Uh, let's see. I keep running into two and three where he looks great. Like, yeah. he, has he been working out? He looks, he looks fine. <laughs> but like. Uh, here we go. Here's here's a shot of Mass Effect One, Anderson. I'll put it in chat here in just a second. I can't wait to try to like grab it, and it's just gonna like shuffle where your cameras are positioned. So it's gonna like jumble up, oh, and you're gonna so see like huge. like half text. All right, hang on. Let me just like I'm gonna pull it up on my phone, and everybody get to see what it looks like mirrored. Hang on. 
It's very big. I love uh, Space Dad. Space Dad's great, and Keith David's even better. But like, I know. yes, he's he's just like the 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 models in the game were were just okay for, <laughs> for, for the humans. <laughs> that image, oh my god! Oh, hang on, I'm gonna like it's gonna take up like the whole screen, but I'm gonna put yeah, it on screen so you guys can see it. Giant. I can't wait for it to be like super zoomed, <laughs> so all you, you can say... see is his eyeball or something. <laughs> it's gonna be Would great. You say it's too mass effect. <laughs> I'm I'm taking ten out of the pun <laughs> fun for that. I just want you to know that. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Browse. Detail walls and character. It's fine. It's fine. It's not too bad. There you go. You're there's to there's old Anderson. Look at that. Look at that. It looks like a grape. <laughs> it's like yeah, like all pruny and. Ugh. He's what, he's what, in his uh, 70s, 80s in the game? He's very old, and that's what makes him that much more of a badass. Totally. Okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> it just, yeah, so let's see. We've we've hit upon Liara. We've hit upon Rex. Um, so, Tali. <laughs> it's oh. Tali. Okay, okay. I, I have left Garrus last on <laughs> purpose, okay? Too. The, I mean, Rex is good, I too. Love, but... Okay, Tali is best girl. No one can... Change my mind. Tali Zora Vas Naraya, mm. I think. Mm -hmm. Or Vas Normandy, depending. Best effect one. Naraya, I think, yeah? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I so that that was actually my first love. I I really, I really wanted to date Tali because she was this adorable nerd who was really awkward, but really was passionate about the things that she liked. And um I really, I really wanted to know her more, but she just kept wanting to talk about the Normandy. And it's like, I don't. I don't want to talk about the Normandy no more, please. <laughs> <laughs> and if I recall correctly, you can't date her in the first one. You have to wait till the second no. one. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and that's strange because uh, I mean, she and Garrus are in that same spot, right? Yeah. Like, you can't, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, either way, you can't have either of them in the first game because they're like, oh, no, they, they, people wouldn't want to date like the, the weird aliens, right? Oh, Oh, this is the internet. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, right. oh, yeah. Digigrade doesn't bother anybody, huh? Oh, okay. okay. All right. Different, uh, you know, completely different DNA sets. Oh, it's fine. It's cool. I get it. No, no. Okay, sure. Yeah. Can't eat the same food. Cannot ingest. It's fine. Yeah, but I did love I did love Tali Tali oh, yeah. Tali Zorvas Naraya the the first quarry to meet and like the only quarry to meet I think from Aspect One for a good chunk of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're pretty spread There's out like in the first game. Very few period in the entire series, which is super disappointing. But they're they're uh, a fascinating group. Like this idea of yeah. like oh we're we're space uh space gypsies because we're floating around and like we we got kicked out of our, our land by combination of robots and hubris and like we <laughs> yeah. yeah and like it... their whole business is fascinating yeah and the fact that you know they're all super smart and great with like tech and everything and they created artificial intelligence even though they knew they shouldn't have but they did it anyway and then it was their own fault what happened with the geth uh they were like uh oh they're getting too smart we need to shut them down and they shouldn't have uh, they shouldn't have and everything probably would have been fine Yep. Uh, if if Mass Effect Three is anything to go by, uh, depending on your choices, of course. <laughs> depending on your choices, yeah. and man, that Mass Effect Three, they do not make it that easy to to hit the to kind of 
shoot that uh shoot that gap there oh my god like the sweet spot yeah you have to have done things right in previous games which previous is games you yes. have to make sure that you you say everything right on every little moment uh, both on the planet and like beforehand yep this is a business yep legion is so cute though yes. um i do like legion a lot so so with tally at first i was just like okay whatever i guess but in Mass Effect 2, I became a big fan of Tali and, and went that route. And to this day, she is uh, still my favorite uh, Mass Effect waifu, for sure. She's fun because, she, yeah, she's extremely bright. She's sassy. She's like, she's ready to like, she's not willing to like back down when she's, uh, when something is going wrong. And she, she, she's fun. And I emergency induction ports. Love her voice. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Love how they did the Korean voices and even like the Turian voices and stuff. The modulation they do with it—it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's neat, and you know, having a race that they're all stuck in suits, so you never really get to see them, is—it's mysterious. Yeah. It plays on that—that—that that, that whole. What do they look like? And they and also don't have to design it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then they do a face reveal and. No, okay, okay, kinda, kinda. And we'll get into Mass Effect 3 eventually. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll I'm there. gonna, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and I'm gonna have an opinion there that's gonna piss everybody off, but we're, it, that's gonna be a common thing once we get to Mass Effect 3, don't worry. <laughs> you keep saying that. <laughs> well, we're not honestly, to 3 yet. We it's will probably fun. agree more than we'll disagree, <laughs> more than fun. likely. Most likely. All right, eyes. I, I will say actually real quick, because I, yeah, I find sure. uh, Trouble Notes' uh, question fascinating um, before we move on to sure. the, the important crew member. Uh, the, <laughs> the idea, yeah, there are races definitely that suffer from the Hollywood genderization effect. Like, they at least deconstruct it a little bit, which is nice, and you get a chance to really dig into those characters, unlike maybe Star Wars, where, like, you gonna ever, like, learn about the Twi'leks more? No, not really. Um, <laughs> you know, the Asari are, are kind of, you know, the... The, the the twigs with bosoms, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the Krogan definitely feeling that, like, we're the meatheads. We don't care. We blow stuff up uh, kind of role, right? Like, yes. they, they definitely have a lot of that in there. And they, and, number one, like, popular, or popular culture media is going to copy popular culture media. Mass Effect is obviously a big... Um, is like a product of of sci-fi culture and space opera stuff right like they the, the music is is very 70s 80s the uh the aesthetic of everything is retro future like it's none of it is definite or everything is definitely kind of an homage to sci-fi of old so it makes sense that they also buy into a lot of the um a, a lot of the kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, when something is a when something is in every bit of media, it is a cliche. There mm. we go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> but at least, at least because of the the media that it's in, that you can actually explore these things and and learn more about why or like how these kind of races work with within each other and with or together. Yeah. Thankfully, eventually, maybe. Yeah, and I think that that's really cool, and that's why I think that at Mass Effect One, starting you well, kind of starting you at the Citadel is such a genius choice, uh, because it gives you an area that is meant to be free of conflict, but isn't. 
but it involves all the races. So you can slowly acclimate yourself to everything and get used to everything and see the interactions between different races. Like when you go into the ambassador area and you see the, uh, the, the Volus and the Elcor, the Elcor, um, yep. they're, um, uh, they're there together and they're, they're kind of just, well, I wouldn't really say they're hanging out, but they don't really have like a, a quote unquote proper place like the the humans do or the Turians do. Um, and you can tell that the the Volus are pissed about that. And you can tell that the uh, um, the Elcors are. They don't really care. They're just happy to be included. <laughs> uh, but not only does that give you like natural backstory on these races and give you an idea of what their cultures are like with just a short conversation. But it also. Um, it also shows you that there are there, there's like political strife happening for sure in the game. And that's that's actually a really crucial thing. And there's so many things in the game uh, that are shaped by that, that are um, uh, that, that is so uh, influenced by that. Like the whole first part of the game where they're wanting to get you into the specters, but no, we don't believe you. And then Tali's like, I've got proof and you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's all political. The fact that it takes so long to get started on the game is because of the in-universe politics. And it tackles that really well, I think. And actually, to that point with uh, with Elcor and the Volus, like, I, I find that to be an interesting point that the, you hit very early. It's one of the first things I think you can just kind of naturally run, mm -hmm. run upon when you're in the Citadel. Because I think a lot of people might be thinking, you know, oh, we're in space now. How does everyone breathe the same stuff? How how do we all deal with the same atmosphere? How do we all talk the same way? And then you run into exactly two species, one of which uh, cannot handle the atmospheric conditions of the space that everybody else is in, and one of which that does not talk the way that everybody else does. And it's like, oh, you explore that, like, oh, yeah, they do have to make considerations uh, for how people live together and also how people communicate together, even if their species never developed a mouth, for example. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it is always kind of fascinating on that first bit of like, oh, there there are some weird and wonderful places. Shame that these aliens we don't really get to interact with and like their whole conversation about how irrelevant they are is the, the developer pretty much just saying, oh, yeah, they are kind of irrelevant, huh? Well, yeah. off they go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things for me is like the uh, the codex where all the backstory is the like main entries uh they are read to you if you click on them most of them yeah um now the, the I, and i know that for a fact because i uh i still technically owe this on my stream to read the entire codex of mass effect one and two on stream <laughs> in one sitting and that that is a that is a tome <sighs> straight up lot. that is that is a whole lot <laughs> oof um but it's it almost like they didn't have to have someone voice all that. They could just give it to you to read because, again, not oh, all totally. of it's voiced. But I feel like them giving it a voice makes it easier to digest. Which means not only did they go out of their way to make all this lore for this game, but they encourage you to explore it. They, they want you to absorb that lore, to be invested in the universe because they worked so hard creating it. And I find that really interesting. 
I like that they made it in a way that you don't necessarily need it though to play through it too. So people right. that just want to play it casually don't want to deal with that. They can just play the missions and that's all they need. It's not essential. So they don't make it like a you need to slog through this billion hours of crap to do anything. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. That's good to have so much detailed um extra stuff but not necessarily make it required because the moment it becomes required it becomes a chore and nobody wants to do chores the only trouble is that anytime a game puts anything in front of me it becomes required i don't care that's how i am too. yeah <laughs> that, and that's why it takes me four and a half hours to get off the citadel every every time i play mass effect yep. like i almost have the keepers memorized and it still takes me some time <laughs> it's a big place it's loading yeah oh. yeah the, the elevators the oh, elevators, the elevators are, are great, are, though. They are great, and I kind of miss them, but I don't miss how long they take. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that part sucks, but at the same time, it's all they made up for it a little bit by having the cute little extra dialogues. Totally. So I guess it's time to talk about... Uh, <clears throat> guess, Daddy? Yeah, it's time to talk about Garrus. <laughs> Go ahead, Eyes. I know you want to. Get it off your chest. <sighs> I hate them so much for dangling and dangling him in front of me the entirety of Mass Effect 1 and not letting me talk to him and then in 2 letting me finally have him as a romance option and then dangling him in front of me more telling me that he needs to calibrate shit for most of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Space but Dirty anyway. Harry in Mass Effect 1. <laughs> Garrus is the Turian companion for the first trilogy. He's quirky. He's basically the wannabe vigilante in training in mass effect one he's a space cop originally a detective and he ends up with you because of the stuff that you're doing for the main quest if you go find him and he's probably one of the best friends shepherd could have period even if you don't romance him he's a fantastic character he's got snarky ridiculous quirks about everything and i don't know I can't not have him in my squad, not just because he's a romance option, just because his dialogue with everyone else is just so great. His depth too, like yeah. especially as you kind of get get to know him a little bit better and like what where his family background is and like what why his kind of moral grounding is where it is and and th- like that played against the Turian culture and all those things. It's it's I mean I anytime I play uh, Femship, Garrus is my boy. Oh yes. There's no shepherd without Vicarian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's funny you mention that because, you know, even without as a romance option, Shepard and, and Garrus, they really are like brothers. Uh, the, the way their relationship develops, like, you know, they would do anything for each other. Oh, yeah. Would, just, you, would you play male Shep? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing uh, just friend relationship to watch grow. Uh, and, and I love it. And you get to see Garrus become more confident and <clears throat> and more more comfortable with with his ideals as the games progress and and even though he's almost an outcast he becomes like really high up by Mass Effect 3 so it's like even though he went against what the normal accepted Turian uh thing would be he still made it work and he still succeeded for it and it's so cool to see him succeed and know that 
you saw him when he was a nobody and now look at him it's it's just really cool to see that totally I love that, that. and I also love the fact that a lot of his development hinges on Shepard and the player choosing a lot of it. Yeah, because he he does really trust you. Yeah. Not only that, it's basically just he sees you as somebody to idolize a little bit, to look up to in the beginning, Mm. and based on what you teach him throughout one, that makes his entire basis of his personality for two and that's yeah. crazy to look at because most games don't do anything like that with their character development and i really like that a lot yeah you know i think that's something that we probably have to touch on oh you go ahead Shadow. i was just gonna say i like his little eye thing <laughs> i do too <laughs> he's, he, all three games no matter what he's always got his trusty little like eye like bullseye thing that he wears yeah. and you always wonder what what's he looking on? What what's he what's he seeing porn. on that thing? Just porn all day, every day. <laughs> it's just constant at least porn. In, at least in two, he is. <laughs> Since he's doing research, he's he's got to uh-huh. do some research. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have to know what parts gotta, to calibrate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got to figure out that reach versus flexibility. You know? <laughs> oh, so that's what the calibrations are for. Okay. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tractor, you're not wrong. I won't admit. <laughs> uh, but that's. Um... <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <clears throat> Kill me over here. <clears throat> but I, you know, I feel like that's something we should probably touch on now. Is your decisions matter, and the games are. They're not just separate experiences. They're one whole experience because certain decisions that you make in each game can affect what happens in other games, not just later in the same game, but later in the series, completely different games uh, through the use of an import tool that remembers what decisions that you've made that are important. And it can drastically change uh, things. Uh, Getting like the best endings for everyone in Mass Effect 3 um, is much easier if you have imported data with the proper decisions. Um, I mean, so, entire characters wouldn't, won't exist unless yeah. you import, which is absurd. Like, yeah. no, nobody nobody has ever tried tried that before this, I'm pretty sure. And very few decided that was a good idea after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's hard to do. I mean, imagine creating characters that none of your, well, very, very few of your players are going to see because of the choices that they make or the fact that... Um, uh, with Mass Effect 2, uh, which I'll get into more detail on that when we get there, but uh, if certain characters do not survive the game, they're just not in 3. Yeah, they just yep. don't. Just, I mean, even in Mass Effect 1, yep. there are characters yep. who, you, if you choose poorly or choose the way you want, I guess, you, yeah, they're just not good. <laughs> well, also, Bella also Rex, right? Like, yeah. you, yep. you could that's just have an one. entire game where he's just not there for the rest of the series. Yeah. And that's a big deal in three too, because that totally. really changes the outcome of what can happen with the Krogan in three. That's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. Like there, there are decisions in Mass Effect one that will drastically change how your game ends in Mass Effect three. Yeah. And that is obscene. That like is, is ridiculous and amazing. Decisions you it. made back in 2006, uh, def- uh, affect how your your game goes in 2012. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's part so of the cool. reason that I love it, though. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I gotta say though, you know, uh, one thing that that these the, these new Mass Effect fans that have come up, these casuals playing this remastered edition, 
will never have the first the initial experience of not only making sure that your saves are, are saved between various games, but also the laborious process of collecting the 37 bits of DLC that you could have between the three <laughs> games that yep. actually do have outcomes affecting the other games. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I I know to this day my Bioware social network like uh, login and password that you would need in order to access all the little bits of DLC that you had in order to have number one like four more characters that wouldn't be in them otherwise, uh, or like yeah, just entire sections of like side story that can introduce entire new elements into the third and second game for that matter. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think one of the first like drastic uh, examples of that is Rex on Vermeer. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you know, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, um, not to go too into detail, uh, the bad guy uh, apparently has a cure for the genophage that has plagued the Krogan people, and Rex is like, "I want that. That's kind of an important thing." And Shepard's like, "But he's the bad guy," and Rex is like, "So he has the cure." And you have to talk him down. And if you don't, you'll kill him. And he's and dead. That, he's and dead that's for actually, the whole trilogy. And the big trick with that one, too, is that, that that's like one of the first moments where if you don't have enough points one way or the other, he is dead. Yeah. Like, you you have to be enough of a paragon or a renegade in order to save Rex. And that's a, that's a hell of a thing. And if you, you were playing middle of the road for a good chunk of that game, all of a sudden you are you just lost a friend like you just yep. that that is gone for the whole time and i actually as much as i love mass effect i find that to be a weakness of the of the series mm. of like I, I i totally am appreciative of like the kind of flavor that you can get by being good all the way or being bad all the way but like you you shouldn't necessarily have to lose people by by choosing like whether or not you're good or bad or just trying to play gray your whole way yeah yeah i kind of agree but at the same time I appreciate how ballsy it is for them to do that because yeah. it's like I'm willing to kill main characters in order to develop this game based on the player's choice. That's yeah. that's great. It's again like the beginning of Mass Effect 2. It's so ballsy and it pays off. Because if you oh, totally. save Rex there, you're going to remember that for the rest of your life because of how intense it is. Like you've never had that with your party members. You assume they're in your party that I mean, okay, ooh, died in combat, whatever, combat's over, you'll just get back up, it's fine, whatever. And then suddenly, Rex turns on you, and he's like, hmm, the line Listen, between friend people. and foe is blurring a little bit here, Shepard. Like, ooh. And, and, and it's, it's well-earned, too. Like, yeah. he, you definitely set up, like, you know about the genophage at this point. You know that it is completely and totally annihilated the Krogan as an entire species, uh, in like their entire way of life beyond just the, the destruction they've done to themselves. But like this has completely ruined them. And so Rex, you feel Rex, you know why he's upset. You know why, like he, where he is mentally and how you, your, your choices are really going to make an effect on him too. Yeah. yeah and like, yeah. you know, Rex is like, God, it's so good, but like Rex is, Rex is like, Shepard, you're my friend. We've been through a lot, and I respect you, and I'm, I'm proud to call you a friend, but this is my entire race we're talking about. I will kill you for that. And it just shows you that these characters, you know, you're not just, oh, hey, we're friends now, and that's the end of it. No, 
These people still have their own lives, their own agendas. And oh God, just so good. It's, it's very, very, very good. And yeah, like the, the, the choice that you make there, which may feel like, oh man, that kind of sucks. Rex was kind of cool. Like has meaningful effects on two and then especially oh, three. Yeah, it drastically yeah, three changes is, three. Without Rex in three, honestly, I hate that whole section. Yeah, I've never done it and I've read about it and I don't want to do it. Yeah, I've only seen it once and it was because I couldn't import my saves originally and oh. I didn't have a way of playing one and two over. So I just tried it just to see it. Oh my God, it's so dissatisfying, especially yeah. knowing there's a difference if you have Rex in a yeah. big one in a really positive way. And just and Rex is just such a badass anyway. Like every time you see Rex, you're like, oh shit, something cool about to happen. And oh totally. <laughs> I love him so much. He's such a good character. He really is. They did so good with Rex. Love it. I just I hate that you can't have him in two. But you get grunt, so. You know, anytime any game gives you fun. Steve, uh, Steve Bloom, I mean, I'm always, I'm always good with that. So, yes, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh-huh. <coughs> uh huh. I don't have a problem with voices. I mean, <laughs> um. <coughs> so, um, speaking of decisions that matter, uh, the bad guy in the first game, Saren and the Geth. Um, that is, in my opinion, a genius villain to start with, because you have you have a, an evil Batman is basically what you have. Uh, you have a dude that works outside of the constraints of normal law uh, and everyone's basically OK with it because he's a specter. So it's fine, whatever. Uh, and then you have these rampant AI that everybody just assumes is bad. And you assume they're bad because every time you encounter them, they're trying to kill you. And it's not until much later. Sign, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's not until much, 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 much later in the game, in Vermeer, where you learn, hmm, you know, maybe something's controlling the Geth. And it turns out to be the Reapers, which is a whole can of worms. And that, by the way, that reveal of, <sighs> of like the Reapers for the first time and the, the, the song they play for, I think, Sovereign. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's just this quiet, like, dread kind of building. And it's so good. It's so good. Every time I, I I think back to it, I like, I remember feeling like something has gone wrong. Something is very wrong here, yep. and I I don't know how to fix this at the moment. It's kind of that it, you know that sort of um, kind of that eldritch horror, like cosmic yeah, horror, yeah. something well beyond something that I could handle, kind of thing. Right. And I think I think honestly, Mass Effect One actually nails that better than two or three. Oh yeah, for in sure. a lot of regards. Yeah. Of like. You, these are these are like mysterious otherworldly beings that control a lot like a lot a lot and i don't know how to beat this but i can at least beat the things that they're controlling for right now yeah and they take that to the next level in two by constantly having assuming direct control where it just <laughs> Fuck that it guy. beefs up normal dudes <laughs> to be extra tough and you're like oh okay so this could just happen anytime this is nutty and it adds an extra depth to combat. You know, you have to be alert. You have to listen for that because uh, totally. somebody's about to mess your shit up. Uh, but one of the things that, uh, you know, on Vermeer, when you first talk to Sovereign, um, you know, he's that hologram that you find uh, in that back office. Uh, and I got to say, <clears throat> it wasn't the first time I played Mass Effect 1, but it was like the third or fourth time I played it. 
I had my Xbox hooked up to a 1000 watt subwoofer with surround sound and Sovereign's voice knocked pictures off the wall. It was so yeah, there's a lot deep. of bass in there, just, huh? Oh my god, it just shook the house. It was amazing. I loved every second of it. I love the Reaper sound design so much. They're mm-hmm. great. Just the, the screams, the low, like bass boosted screams. Yes. Basically dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> dubstep the Eldritch horror. <laughs> and he has so many good lines too, you know, like uh you exist because we allow it and you will end mm-hmm. because we demand it. It's just like the balls on this dude. But and he can time, he has the power to back that up. He's also kind of a pissant all at the same time. Right. So that makes him even more terrifying because it's right? like this this is the scout. <laughs> yeah, this is just the guy that's supposed to show up and uh, open the, the front doors for everybody else to show up to the party. He's just the host. Yeah, he's he's arrogant and you but you kind of feel like he probably earned it. He, he <laughs> earned that arrogance. Yeah. And it's it's yeah, it's terrifying that first time. And it's like, okay, well well now what? I guess I guess we're fighting space Cthulhu, huh? Yeah. I like it. Uh, and then come end of Mass Effect 1, you know, where it takes an entire armada of like uh, a joined uh, uh, armada of like humans and Turians and Asari. Like it took everybody attacking all at the same time just to kill one. And then and that's the little one. That was just one. <laughs> yeah, you took out, took out the baby. Oh, that was that was something else. And that, that, speaking of that, that final fight, um, there, there's actually a very big choice that you make during that fight. Uh, right. That I, uh, I, the first time I played, I was very focused on like the, the explosions and everything going on. They're like, I, do we, do we say these people or do we like go fight them? And I was like, I don't know. It feels like if we get, if we kill Sovereign, then we don't have to worry about this anymore. Oops. All of the entire galactic government's dead now. Huh? Yeah. That's, that's a, Kind of made a mistake on that one, huh? And yeah. everyone's really upset about really it too. Mistake, is it? Well, they—they really? <laughs> appreciate it a lot if you save their lives or whatever. Well, yeah, but a lot of dicks. the aliens appreciate it a lot. And yeah, I, they're dicks, but are the new council members really any less dicks? They really aren't. Yeah. They're all no. Dicks. They're kind of worse, yeah. is yeah. what I found. And so yeah. I've, I always like, oh, I miss talking to the other people. At least like we had a history. Right? Yeah, that's like we hung, I they would call, they would yell at me for doing things. I'd hang up on them. This is <laughs> 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 really good. Um you know, one of the other uh choices, so to speak, that you can make at the very end of the game during the final fight is when you get to the control room of the Citadel and 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 Saren is there and and you have this conversation with him and if you have enough paragon, you can convince him that this whole time he's been wrong and he's just like yep shit you right and he blows his brains out right in front of you and it skips the first phase of the boss fight yeah that's insane that's so insane to me i mean you still have to fight the second phase because he's like being controlled his metal endoskeleton thing is being controlled by sovereign and it's i, I think you could do it as a renegade too you can. for that matter I, yeah yeah you probably can. it's just you're a bit more of a jerk to him about it you're not appealing to what's left of him you're yeah. just basically like yeah, you're shit. This is why you're you're either appealing to his good nature, or you're kind of just bullying him into it, and it's like, right. ooh, oh, all right, right. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of really sells that that horror point again on it too. Is like he dies, 
but you still have to fight him because yeah. that's that's the power of this uh, of this otherworldly beat creature that you're fighting. Yeah, it's. I just it's so I cool. love how much all of those things contribute to how just horrific the Reapers are in one. You don't yeah. even get to see what they're really like, and you're just horrified by them. And they get way worse later. And I think they're still scarier in one than they are than any of the other games because of that. Well, it's it's that classic horror uh, bit of you are more afraid of what you don't know than you are mm-hmm. of what you do. And exactly. b- by two and three, you have so much information about what the what the Reapers are. They're like, hey, just kind of big bug spaceship things. It's whatever, man. But like in the first one, it's like, what? How many are there? How big are they? What are they coming from? And they always they keep showing that one like clip of like m- flesh melting with like circuitry. Yeah. Yep, like whenever yep, you yep. see the visions, it's like this is this is like some real gnashing of teeth stuff, and I don't like that. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, those scenes are always like every time they would show up, just being like, oh god, this is. Uh. <laughs> Makes you feel bad for Shepard. He used to see that every time he closes his eyes. Uh huh. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, they, they definitely. I think if had they tried to show in Mass Effect One what they showed in Two and Three, they they wouldn't have, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? It'd be like, yeah, no. eh, just kind of big, big evil bug things, whatever, cool. But it's like, I don't going into Two, like we gotta we gotta deal with them. But how? How do you even deal with something like that? And they also kind of offset it too by doing the whole, yay, you survived! Look at this, you did the thing, you're awesome, you're a hero for now yeah you survived <laughs> one to die mm-hmm. later <laughs> mm-hmm. um it, it's funny you say you survive you know after uh like they start to dig your team out of the rubble after the fight with saren and and shepherd like comes out and he starts limping for it, but then he gets this shitty and grin on his face and then boom cut to black oh so satisfying mm-hmm. yeah and oh. you can actually whiff that too you can die there totally that's Oh. Mm-hmm. And that's just the end of Shepard. You just die. <laughs> I mean, Mass Effect One, right? That, that, that's yep. it. There's no other. There's no other Shepard. Yep. Um. Now there are two characters that I want to discuss in Mass Effect One before we move on to Mass Effect Two, and that is Captain Anderson and Ambassador Udina. Oh boy, I knew you were okay. going to want to talk about that because yeah. it's a big, it's a big decision at the end yeah. of that game. Yeah. So, oh, that's um, a really big decision. I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you, um, I, I'm not sure if it matters, um, uh, whether or not you save the council or not as to whether you make this decision, but uh, we're gonna run into the assumption that you do save the council. Uh, they're like, hey, yeah, okay, we do need uh someone from humanity uh to represent you guys on the council. Uh, who do you want to pick? Do you want to pick Captain Anderson or do you want to pick uh, Ambassador Dina? Now, Ambassador Dina is a politician, uh, so that means you should probably immediately hate him because he sucks, and he does. He is an absolute prick, one of my least favorite characters in the entire trilogy. I despise him with all that I am. Like I, poorly written or no, just like least love to hate? I love to hate. He's, he's written he's really very, well. Yeah. He's very he's, good at loving to hate. Oh, yeah. yes. He's, he's a written, very effective character. Yes, he is written in such a way to make you want to hate him because, oh, he's just such a prick. Uh, and then uh, near the end of the game after, uh, I think it's after Vermeer, uh, before Ilos, uh, you're grounded on the Citadel and they won't let you leave. And Anderson's like, 
man, fuck these politics. I'm going to get you out of here. And he just goes into Udina's office and just punches him right in the mouth and mm-hmm. uses his computer to get you out of there. It's so good. And it makes you like Anderson that much more. And Captain Anderson's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, um, no kidding. He's great. I love Captain Anderson. Uh, although I will admit, I don't think... I mean, of course, he has great moments like punching Udina in the face, but I don't think he really hits his stride until later. Um, and I'll discuss why I think he's great in the later games when we get there. Um, but between Anderson and Udina for counsel, I always pick Anderson, of course. Um, but kind I also funny feel part bad. About, yeah, I was to say the kind of funny part about that though is like that decision. If you if you're going back and you're repeating the game, like. You know that Anderson's kind of miserable for you making yeah. that decision for him. Like, oh, yeah, he, definitely. He does not like that you made him the counselor. Uh, he much would have preferred to just stay in the military and be the military boy. Yeah. Uh, but instead, like, yeah. So you, it, it's, a, it's a fight between do you want Udina to win or do you want, uh, do you want him to lose more than anything else? Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I've picked Udina before. And... I mean, honestly, I didn't notice much of a difference between the two choices in two or three just because of how things play out later. But it's like, I mean, he's going to get that anyway. Yeah. So who would you rather make happy? (laughs) Right. And that's actually an important point to to note, too. And I think as, as we continue on with this, you know, like there are a lot of decisions you make in the series and not all of them are going to drastically change the game. And I, I, I think Mass Effect got a lot of flack for that over the years. But honestly, like, when you're doing as much as you're doing, like, there's a limit as to how much a video game can do, right? Like, you can't you, you can't have every little decision that you make, ha- like, have ripples down that create incredibly new paths that you would otherwise not have. Right. And, like, I, th- I think it's I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine that it's, it's not that different. Um, and honestly, that also sometimes reflects life right like the decisions you make don't change everything forever universally whatever but i i think that'll be you know there'll be a theme especially going to two and three of like how much do your decisions actually change things yeah and sometimes it's very minor changes sometimes there's no changes at all sometimes it's big changes and another you know parallel to life you never know what uh one of your decisions might do uh, you never know what an impact that's going to have on uh, the world or even just one person. You don't know. Uh, so like with Mass Effect, unless you're following a guide, you don't know the ripples that your decisions are going to cause. You don't know which decisions are going to cause ripples. And the ones that do cause ripples, you don't know how big ri- of ripples those are going to be. And that adds to the mystery of the game, I feel. It, it really makes you think about each and every decision because you don't know which ones are important. So you have to treat them all like they're important or you risk missing stuff. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's cool. It gets also, you more invested the in the world. Choice, with the Adina choice specifically, if you do choose him, it makes the impact of later even worse, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because it's like, oh, I trusted you with this. Mm. That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, too, you know, there's another decision that in Mass Effect 1 we didn't touch upon too much was uh, the decision when you when you do face up against Liara's mother and you you take down the or take on the Rachni queen. Oh, the Rachni queen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like yeah. what what sort of decisions you make there? I think a lot of people were upset in Mass Effect Three that it felt like it didn't change a whole lot. Uh, for those who don't know about Mass Effect, the the idea is that there's this kind of classic alien bug thing 
that does a lot of damage and kills a lot of people and you kind of alien or like alien the movie your way through a space like a like a research area that's filled with these critters that want to just like murder everybody um and you all of a sudden there's this decision time of whether or not to whether you release this uh this alien queen bug the rachni or you kill her and it doesn't really come up a whole lot in Mass Effect 2. It kind of comes up a little bit. And then 3, there's a big scene with them, uh, regardless of what decision you made. Uh, and you are, a lot of people I think were like, oh man, you know, decisions don't matter. They, they, they do change a few things here and there, but like, it is still kind of a fascinating, like, what do you do with a bug that is dead or not sort of situation? And just like the development that it would have had to take and the writing that it would have to take to make that yeah. happen. Um, now, with that in particular, it does affect the overall war if you save the Rachni Queen. Uh, you, you get, get more assets, yeah, right? Yeah, you get Rachni uh, uh, soldiers to help like with the assembly of the Crucible, right. uh, which is good. And I believe that there's something involving the boss, uh, the, like the, the Reaper-ified Rachni Queen. I think if you saved her, it, it, it does something with that uh, that doesn't happen if you didn't save the Rachni Queen or if you're just loading a non-imported game. There's something else that changes there, but I can't quite remember what it is, but it's not super important. So it's she one of those... talks to you about it, but yeah, I, I can't yeah. remember if there's anything else too much. Yeah, it's one of those decisions where it, it actually seems like it's going to matter a lot, and it really doesn't. Uh, right. But you Which do get... super unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I wish we could have had more there, but I get why they didn't. Um, they were also making Dragon Age at the same time. Mm. Yeah. So kind of overreaching a little bit for for the little them little company. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially with EA cracking a whip behind them the whole time going faster. Yeah. More. Give me more money. <laughs> Make this a shooty shoot, please. <laughs> oh, and that they did. I'll get there. <clears throat> uh but I when you're talking to the Rachni Queen in the first game, uh, the Rachni's talk uh, about or the Rachni Queen talks about how um, the they communicate through like sound, uh, and they like they can see sound as like colors, which is really fascinating stuff. Uh, but they they the Rachni Queen talks about how like back then uh, they're uh, they were like overcome with like anger and whatever because of this sour yellow note uh that is implied to be the reapers i believe um yep. so yet another thing that the reapers caused to go wrong that we didn't know was the reapers fault right uh, which is again very fascinating it's just another another tendril in the the reapers controlling everything which is fascinating yeah i like the fact that they don't even come out and say it either they just hint reapers had an effect with these guys even before Shepard was involved in the story right right makes it feel bigger so Definitely. with uh whenever we like finish with a, a game and we get ready to move on to the next one uh we have a bit of a rating system um for this particular podcast episode i don't feel like it's gonna matter because as i mentioned this is all one whole experience but I figured I'd bring it up anyway. Normally, when we move on from a game, we give that game a rating of essential, recommended, optional, or <laughs> no, uh, based on whether or not we think that it should be played by someone. Like, yeah, you absolutely need to play this, or you should play this, or you can play this, or you should not play this. Um, again, I don't think that really applies here, because if you're going to play one, you should probably play them all, or you're not getting the full story. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I, I might be a little, a uh, little controversial here. Um, I'm gonna go with recommended. Actually, on Mass Effect One. Is it because as, of the clunk? As much as I love the world building and the introduction of the characters and the races and the the universe, like it is just, it is not a comfortable game to play in this modern era. Uh, and I, because I love Mass Effect so much, I almost feel like I. My concern is that if someone was scared off by the gameplay of the original Mass Effect, that they wouldn't make it to 2 and 3, which are much more user-friendly mm. uh, in terms of playing that. To that idea, like, there are, you know, there are ways of generating files for Mass Effect uh, that you can go into 2 um, if you so choose, so you don't have to necessarily worry about those things. I don't know how, how, how like, accessible those are compared to the, how they used to be, but, like... Yeah, yeah, honestly, I would say recommended. Like definitely do it if you're uh if you're okay accepting that this game was from the mid 2000s and they hadn't quite figured out shooting things yet. Um <laughs> And like if if that's okay with you and like maybe you just play on easy or something to make your life easy, great, do it. But yeah, I would say of the 3, probably recommended. Hmm. That's fair. Um I think for me I'm going to say essential, but I'm going to say essential close to the line of recommended. Um, I do think that it should be played by anybody getting into the series. But if you were to have like this amazing software that is like it explains to you uh, the different decisions in one that mattered and it lets you pick between them. And then it would create a save file for you to load into two. Maybe skip one. But I mean, you should play it. But if you have access to that software that may or may not exist, I don't know. Uh, then you could maybe skip one and still be fine because a lot of the game's stuff that feels so impactful, so gripping, so epic comes from two and three. One is still an amazing game, but if I did have to give one uh, recommended over Central, I guess, yeah, it would be Mass Effect 1. I do still think people should play it, um, but out of the three, one is the least necessary, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I adore one. It was the first game that I ever played that many hours on ever. I definitely would recommend people playing it, but especially since it hasn't aged well at all, it recommended is all I can give it, especially since in two, they have the option of you being able to choose the major choices from one with a DLC. Yeah, mm. I, I thought there was something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a free included thing they added for people who don't have the other games or don't have the ability to import if they played on PC, for example. So you can just choose all of the major decisions that have an impact on the game just by picking that at the very beginning. And it walks you through it a little bit. Yeah, they explain, they, they, it's like voiced and there's like a little bit of uh, explanation as to what was happening yeah. in each situation. So you get a little bit of context, yeah. Right. You don't get some of the extra stuff that makes one kind of worth it to play, like getting your Paragon and Renegade levels up, using all of the stuff with their Spectre training and all that stuff to get your abilities and your money higher for two, which is nice. But it's not necessary. You don't need it, per se. Yeah, it just I, makes the game easier. I think it was made because I think like the PS3 only got two and three Correct. as opposed to the whole series. And I yeah. think yeah. that's why they made it yeah. was like, we want to sell you the series and we also not want to completely leave you behind. So here have this. That's correct. Um, yeah. No, that, and I, I think that was a, a wise choice. And it, it is not a terrible way to, to go through it. If you got the time, by all means, please do Mass Effect 1. But like, yeah, it's just 
it's just it's not a ton other other than the story and the characters and things like that like it's it's not a ton of fun to go through right now although driving the anti-gravity tank is really fun <laughs> yeah. kappa uh, yeah <laughs> mass effect one is it's it's one of those games that in a way it's hard to go back to um it I feel like it's the only one of the three that's clunky like that. I think two and three are definitely modern enough to not have that degree of clunk. Um, the the option to do that import stuff was really good, really smart. I had something else I was going to add, but I lost it. I mean, I think the last yep. thing I'll say about Mass Effect, though, is that like it was the first game that like there was it was the first game that i played that didn't like have a score or like uh like you know just something i was trying to achieve i wasn't trying to just beat up all the bad guys i wasn't trying to like just get to the end of a level right it was the first time that i actually gave any shits about the characters and like the story and the world that i was in and that will always hold in my heart for the rest of my days of like why this series is so important to me is that like I, it was the first time I realized that you could really tell an engaging, thoughtful, interesting, and altogether like heartbreaking story yeah. uh, over the course of three games, certainly, but especially in that first one. Also, uh, there's just nothing more satisfying than finishing the game and getting that ending theme in one. Uh, that's that's just uh, yes. I love it so much. It's so great. Four part two. I think it is. Yep. Part two. Five yep. fonts. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm so sad he didn't do the rest of them. <laughs> it is a shame yeah uh i did remember uh, what i was gonna say uh mass effect one was actually a bit of a cult game uh not that it sold poorly but you know it wasn't like this blockbuster hit or anything uh it was word of mouth that kind of carried it until the second game came out and then when the second game came out it exploded and uh, it got like that mass attention and everyone was like oh wow this game's crazy good and uh you know but the first game it, it was a bit of a cult game uh, when it totally. came out, a lot of people went back to it after the second one came out. And they're like, whoa, this game's great. I should play the first one. And so, yeah. But let's uh, yeah, that's Mass Effect one. So now Mass Effect two, we've already talked quite a bit, actually, uh, about how the game had the balls to kill you at the beginning. Um, and and I, I'm not surprised that we mixed a lot of them together because, oh, yeah. I mean, this, these three games are completely connected right like yeah. all the all the different pieces really come together as a, as a whole yeah. when people tell me or ask me like what my favorite game is i tell them the mass effect trilogy like yeah. it's cheating but it's also true yeah it's, it's especially how well they play into each other too yeah totally yeah you, you don't feel like it's a separate story from the same person it's like oh what's shepherd doing now i guess he's on another adventure and it doesn't feel like that it's it's one cohesive experience totally. and and that's so good to me. You know, I'm used to games like, you know, Final Fantasy, where one and two and three and four and five, they're all completely different games that have basically nothing to do with each other. Mass Effect's not like that. Mass Effect is mm. like, we couldn't fit the entire thing into one game, so we made three. Just, oh, so good. Uh, but one of the things that's going to be very different between Mass Effect one and two, besides like the combat and the improvements they made there, uh, are going to be your new squad mates, the new characters that you get to meet. Uh, which uh, we'll just start with the two that you meet right out of the gate after you come back to life through the use of science and other such shenanigans. Uh, Miranda and Jacob. Uh, we already talked about Jacob a little bit, and uh, one of the things I want to add there is 
you guys were talking about the way that he's written and and you know he's like your bro but you never chance to really romance him and that that kind of stuff one of the things that stuck with me about jacob was actually his loyalty mission and i'll go into loyalty missions a little bit in a bit to explain to you guys what it is but uh you find out that his dad whom he thought was dead is actually not dead uh and instead has basically ruled over a colony of people that have lost their uh, mental states due to uh, poisonous flowers on the planet they crash landed on. So you find out Jacob's dad's a dick, but Jacob always looked up to his dad and just getting to see how Jacob takes that is very character building and very memorable to me. Yeah, I think this is something that we're going to run into a lot for for the rest of this is that, and this is the reason why I love Mass Effect as much as I do. While Mass Effect 1 was good at, at like world building and things like that, 2 and 3 where they really shine because most of the time of 2, I could give less, I couldn't give less of a shit uh, about like the actual main plot. It's about the characters, right? Yeah. It's about the squad oh, yeah. mates, the people you meet along the way. Because every every member of your squad gets a recruitment uh, mission, minus uh, Miranda and Jacob. And then they also get what's called a loyalty mission, where you get to do a thing that they want to uh, kind of resolve as part of, like, we, you're about to throw me into what the game literally calls the suicide mission. I need to resolve this in my life before I go and join you on that. So can you help me do this thing? And what that means is that every character that you get to hang out with, you get this like two, three hours of just learning more about them through action and through the words of others and through their reactions to things. And it is just the, my, the, in terms of gaming, just in general, I think the game where, they treat characters better than any other game I've ever played. Yeah. And Jacob, Miranda, for the most part, yeah, not, although maybe maybe some of the weakest characters of yeah. the bunch that you get uh, definitely are no exception to that rule. Yeah, and that, that's something there is like Jacob and Miranda, I would agree, are some of the weakest characters, but Jacob's still memorable even still. <clears throat> yeah. He, like that, that loyalty mission, I think, is what cemented Jacob as a character for me. Because <laughs> he was the one that's like, yeah, I work for Cerberus, but I want to always do the right thing anyway. It's just a job, dude. You know, I'm just yeah. I'm just here for the for the payment and the, the space and the and the whatnot. Yeah. Well, it's not only that too. Jacob's one of those characters in the game that I like because his whole thing is he sees the best in everything first over most of the characters. Mm -hmm. He's always seeing like the best that happened in the Alliance until he couldn't see it anymore, and that's why he left. And he's trying to see only the good things about Cerberus, too. And just, like, shepherds this great person in his mind throughout the entire thing. And he's showing that reflected in his loyalty mission as well. And it's all about him coming to terms with the fact that he can't look at things that way all the time. He yeah. has to see the bad things, too. So... I like crazy it. good character development but you also need that energy like because yeah, otherwise yeah. everyone's gonna be really miserable <laughs> yeah. no kidding and, and then, miranda yeah. she's great too yeah miranda but in is... a different way <sighs> yeah miranda's something <clears throat> she, she, <laughs> she gets a lot of flack i uh at the time this came out uh there was a tv show on nbc um that has not aged great uh, called uh, Chuck. Chuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Yvonne, who is uh, who plays Miranda, is the, one of the main characters in that. And so, like, I I kind of I was pretty smitten with her because because of that. 
and I, yeah, I, I think I have a, I, honestly, because of that, I feel like I have a more favorable view of Miranda than, than some, but like, yeah, I mean, she, she's definitely, I think people, there's, there's a certain gaming culture. I don't know if you've heard about this, but yeah. like when, when, <laughs> when women have, uh, are try are upset about their status in society, people get, a, get mad about it in gaming. <laughs> yeah. I don't but know. Like, I like Miranda for that reason, though, because yeah. she's she's kind of like you see her as eye candy through the first part of the game, right? That's that's pretty much all she is. She's kind of bitchy. She's kind of pushy. She's this cocky. is what we need you to do. She's just very full cocky. of herself with good reason. I was like genetically engineered to be perfect, <laughs> right? And you yes, find out you she's are. a clone. It's like she's like fighting against her own creation so yeah, you right. have to have some respect for that all yeah. at the same time and and her loyalty mission even uh with her uh with her sister uh it shows that you know miranda you know cocky bitch uh that is you know the company woman wants everything to be done for the company uh you know it was she even wanted to put control implants in shepherd uh, right but but then you get to see the human side of her through her loyalty mission, which again, character development. And so good. It's like every loyalty mission is perfectly designed to give you just the right character development to make you see the character in a new light that makes you like them. It's insane how well designed the loyalty missions are in that game. Mm. Yeah, and I, I to note in chat they're mentioning that that like her loyalty mission is a little less about her necessarily, but I think some sometimes the loyalty missions don't have to be about the character to reveal a a shit ton about their character yeah um and like especially with that one of like her her uh like sister is about or like she tried to make sure that she didn't have to deal with all the shit that she de dealt with when she grew up and like a part of that is making sure that um like she can escape from or from that same sort of judgment and at least have options in her own life to do things like that's significant that's important right like the, to her own growth of like I want to make sure that people have a choice in life on what they do and not be just brigaded towards this one thing. Right. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder, like, if without her loyalty mission, you never get to see that caring side. So she would just be a bitch and you wouldn't like her and you would ignore her. And that would carry into three as well. You wouldn't want to help her do anything. And it kind of matters, you know? I mean, she's, she she also sh suffers from that same Ash Williams problem yeah. of like out if you, if you talk to her once and then decide that that is the end of your interactions with that character, you never learn with the, the person within that. And, you know, kind of, you know, don't judge book by the cover kind of thing, certainly, but also to the extent of that becomes a problem in video games where if you don't see it and you don't have the or you don't have the will to try to see it out then you're not going to get that growth. Mm. And not to say there's anything wrong with you disliking a character in a game, but it does kind of suck sometimes that like your the experience that you have will be so different from someone else, not in a sense of like, well, there's just different flavors here, but now of like, well, I just didn't do that part cuz I don't know, I didn't like it. It's like, oh, but but the, but then you find out she has a soul. Yeah. I don't know. I just love that her loyalty mission basically solidifies the fact that she's not living for herself at all. She's no. doing all of this entirely for her sister. She doesn't mm -hmm. actually really give that much of a fuck about Cerberus. Yeah. She's only going along with things and working for them and doing her best for them so they take care of her sister. Totally. So it's like 
I can have a lot of respect for a person who would be willing to do that. If that makes sense. It's like yeah. you're willing to sacrifice your own happiness to make sure this person you may not ever get to interact with is going to have a life. That's that's a big deal for a character development, I think. Yep. And, you know, it's it's interesting. One of the things you said, Shadow, was how the main story is just kind of whatever. Fuck off. Uh, the getting these characters and and all that is is the main draw of Mass Effect 2. And one of the things I find really fascinating about that, that is like two thirds of the main plot is just you getting characters. Yeah. Even they knew that that is what people wanted and they were right. It is what we wanted. It's just mm, so good. I mean, even the DLCs, right? Like a, a majority of that time is not really so much what's going on in the DLC so much as like where you're connecting with. Yeah. Uh, Overlord, yes. You, like you, it's a completely separate plot, but like all the other ones are like, uh, Kasumi Goto. Um, that oh, mission is, is so much fun. Which, I yeah, love Kasumi. The mission. Oh, oh, so is good. Great. Uh, hanging out with Liara in probably the most vital DLC of all of them. Yeah, I uh, know. With the Shadow Layer Broker. The Shadow Broker. Layer the, yeah, yep. Layer the Shadow Broker. Um, Leviathan, and then, right? Was that Leviathan, was that three? Leviathan was three. There, okay. there was yeah. there was that one though that you I, I know what you're talking about the one where like um you whoops you accidentally kill an entire group of battalions. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's um, that's that's big deal stuff that's oops big genocide oh, uh yeah that... oh, arrival God. arrival yes, I think it was the one. yeah it was supposed to bridge two and three together yeah that's and, big uh, deal DLC yeah. <laughs> And one one of the few that isn't like character driven on that yeah. one either, for that matter. Yeah, I, I feel like the Mass Effect series did really really good stuff with DLC. Agreed. In a in a time period where I DLC cared, cared about DLC, yeah, yeah, and in a in a time period where DLC was very hit and miss and somewhat frowned upon, everything totally. had DLC at that point, and a lot of DLC felt like it was just companies wanting more of your money for very little extra content but mass effect of course broke that mold like it does and gave you good dlc and just mm. dlc is still better than paid transactions in game though i agree absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah horse armor yeah. but again oblivious. a situation where like if you didn't have those dlcs going into mass effect 3 like you miss a big old part of that story which yeah, like I, I get I, I always love the DLCs and I think they added a lot. And I also under, understand a production cycle of where like these are stories they wanted to tell, but couldn't necessarily finish it and put it in the base game. Mm -hmm. And to that extent, I very much appreciate apparently this this remastered trilogy edition is going to have like all the DLCs just loaded by default. So you don't yeah. have to worry about all that. So that's great. But yeah, again, kind of a situation where like if you didn't have all that, did you have an incomplete game and that? sort of yeah. feeling regardless of how you may feel about it, it still kind of sucks you have to have that conversation yeah yeah they yeah. do kind of sort of go over it a little bit but just you don't you miss out on so much extra stuff especially with the liara dlc that's i don't know i kind of wish they would have made that part of the actual game yeah no the yeah. layer of the shadow broker was was yeah. super and because they even hint at it in the game of like Liara's, oh yeah, look, Liara's back. Oh, she's kind of cold now, though, because, like, things, things happened in her life, and she's, oh, she's hot in the tails of this uh, Shadow Broker. Oh, man. Well, good luck with that. See ya. <laughs> and then you just kind of, you, you just kind of leave it hanging there with a little bit of assistance. And you, you know that there's something there, but, like, it just doesn't get a chance to play out until that DLC. 
right, right. Right. And they even have a comic about that whole thing, too, that if you don't know about, you don't get to see that stuff either. That's true. I yeah. have the comics for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I have those, too. Me, too. Oh, boy. I feel sad suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you? Did you not read the five, uh, the five novels, uh, seven comics, and uh, one tablet-based game uh, that will inform you about the rest of the series? Don't forget uh, about the uh... awesome coloring book. <laughs> what? That's actually a thing. I have it. It's oh pretty. My... I can't color in it. The question is: Is there any lore in there that we're missing? Yes. No. Well... <laughs> 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 but did you buy the coloring book <laughs> no then you missed something oh, well you never on. then you never truly learned about <laughs> what happens to solarians when they turn 36 come on it's <laughs> obvious here's a spoiler they die oh. <laughs> uh speaking of solarians there's a uh, there's a particular Solarian in Mass Effect 2. The first Solarian, the scientist Solarian. Oh, oh yes! The studies species Turian, Asarian, Batarian. <laughs> I am the very model of a scientist. Oh my god. No, oh, we're not doing this anyway. That song makes me cry now, uh, because of RNG. I know. Mm -hmm. Yep. I just mm, that makes me mad. I'll get to it. But Morton! Morton. Uh Morton Solace. One of my favorites, uh, but also gets the shaft a lot. Because of the suicide mission. <clears throat> Sorry, Morton. Uh, really couldn't pick up that same voice actor, huh? Uh, I, it still kind of bugs me this day just a little bit that he, he swaps between two and three. I don't remember the names, but... I don't know. I'm, uh, I hate when games do that. I hate when characters are not voiced by the same people. It drives me insane. Uh, whether it's in video games or uh, movie series or TV series, it always drives me nuts when that happens. Uh, but you're okay with James Bond being played by five or six. Well, that's or different, different, okay? Oh, okay. He's a time lord. That's I was different. Just, see, I'm, see? I, I'm just clarifying. He is 100 percent a time lord in yeah. in, in the, the James <laughs> Bond series. There, there's a big difference there. True. But I mean, consider that James Bond at this point, considering uh, the first movie came out in. 1962 uh it's a very old series now it would make any sense if sean connery was still playing james bond so <laughs> yeah sure. sure it would or george lazenby I'm, I'm... or roger moore or timothy dalton or pierce brosnan or dana crack stop <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the difference there though i will say is like you know at least with that they're not hiding the fact that it's definitely a new actor like <laughs> right yeah and, and all the other people around bond are also different even though they hold the same things like that's one thing you know, in Mass Effect 3, like, Morn Solis is, hey, everybody, look, it's Morn Solis, the, the Solarian you know and love. And he's like, ah. And it's like, wait a minute, you're not, you're not, you're not Morden. Of course I am. Fuck you. But no, uh, it, it, it's not, it, I, I'm not, I, I'm making a bigger deal than it is of it. But I, it's, it's still kind of, it, it took me out a little bit on, mm. in Mass Effect 3 during his stuff, which is obviously a big tearjerker that we'll talk about, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, Morden's the first Solarian, or the only Solarian you get um, as a squad mate in the series. Yeah. No, and, uh, unless we're counting the other uh, one. Andromeda. Uh, I, it, Andromeda, even then, not a, not a like, squad mate, right? I know it sucks. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's fascinating, right? Like, he he's this... 
calculating, quick, uh, quick-witted, uh, just talking a million or you know mile a minute kind of crazy boy that like you you just gotta love after a while. And like the first time you meet him too, I'm just trying to remember back like uh, when you, when you're meeting him on Omega and like he is simultaneously trying to like diagnose a patient and also like shooting someone with a pistol. And, yeah, like, he's great. It's like, oh my God, this, who is this fella, huh? <laughs> this mad scientist that we, we're bringing on board. He's just, he's yep. just so good. Yep. And uh, I, I think it's his mission there to just recruit him where you go and you have to turn the fans back on. And that room is just an absolute nightmare on insanity. Yeah. yeah Gameplay wise, he's, he's not fun recruiting. Oh, <gasps> But uh, but I do like Morden. I like Morden a lot. Um, I like slowly getting his backstory because he was one of the people that like worked on uh, the whole genophage stuff, and and that matters. And, it definitely matters, especially and, with, and, with regards to his loyalty mission. Yeah, and like he, you get to understand his regrets, you know, and totally, it's it's so good because it again you get to see all this character development and you know oh he's crazy scientist opened up a clinic in the uh disease ridden poor part of town and you're like well that's strange i wonder why he did that and then you find out and it just it all comes together and mm. but of course the one thing everybody remembers morden for is this song of course because <laughs> uh, it kind of comes out of nowhere and if you just hold the dialogue wheel open he'll just go <coughs> Yeah, the the awkward cough. At yeah, the end is the awkward best cough. Part because <laughs> he he sings. Yeah, he sings like an entire segment of uh yeah of Gil Gilbert and Sullivan, and then all of a sudden, it's just silence again. He's like, uh. <laughs> I wish you had the option to clap. That would be yeah. amazing. But the shepherd's just standing there, staring at him, just staring him down. I'll let you get back to work. <laughs> I, I, should, I, should, I should go. I should go. <laughs> I should go. Yeah. I should go. Oh, that was so good. I should go. But as you know, that and uh no matter who you um romance in Mass Effect 2, he has he has oh a little God. conversation with you about what's going on there too. Because he he is uh he's the nosy Nelly who uh wants to learn about all the things that are going on that ship. Uh-huh. Uh especially if you decide to romance Garrus. Um, yeah, about that. That's a legendary scene right there. <laughs> <coughs> Just please don't ingest. Because <laughs> humans and Turians are different DNA types and stuff, so they're allergic to each other technically. Like anaphylactic shock kind of sh uh, allergic. Yeah. Sometimes, I guess there's a gradient similar to people with regular allergies. You can be more or less, but it's like. I don't know. They never actually say if Shepard is. Whether or not mm. Shepard ingests. Or, <laughs> or is allergic. I know. They definitely kind of inhi uh, say that, kind of, I would imagine. Kind of. Considering there's, like, multiple <laughs> sex scenes. But yeah. um, <laughs> they never, like, go into, is Shepard actually allergic to that, to Turians? It's true. It's true. They, 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 they don't hit out upon it too much, so. Well, they also don't talk about whether or not Tali is allergic to Shepard, so... Uh, well, Tali's allergic to everything. <laughs> Touche. <clears throat> Which is also a conversation I believe you have with Morden, right? Yep. Yep. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I get you're probably gonna... You, you two are gonna go somewhere, so, like, you know, 
here's here's how to have have to have safe out of out of suit times, please. <laughs> Be good. Like yes, yeah, Morgan, How do we like have that. good out of suit time? And he's like, take a camera and no, let me let him hang out. It's like Morden, please. This is our <laughs> private time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't think you can romance Morden, can you? No, no, unfortunately, you can hit on him. I say like, you, sure. you can flirt a little bit, and he's—I he, think he likes it, but he's like, "Nah, it's not really my game, man." <laughs> Which makes sense because Solarians don't really have that kind of thing going with them. Yeah. They don't have romantic attraction in that way. Yeah, I say I think the only—the only time that actually comes up is. Uh, there's, are there like a bunch of workers on the Citadel like watching <laughs> a, a, an Asari dancing? <laughs> he's like, "Why?" They're like, it's a bachelor party. Yeah, you got to get. It's like, I don't know what you're talking. Like, th this is not what I, th I, this is not me. I don't need this. Solarians don't need this. And then they also kind of do the whole psychological. Oh, by the way, are you sure this what this is what Asari actually look like? Or is this just what they look like in your mind? Yeah, that was that was a throwaway <laughs> line. If you like listen, it's like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> what? What do you mean? You all see this? This this Solari this Asari is something different. It's like, oh. Okay. All right. They're all secretly like slugs or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh god. They turn I... into they turn into like the uh like the that one species from like Guardians or not Guardians, uh Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking their po poetry and such. <laughs> it reminds me of a really old William Shatner episode of Star Trek. I think that there was an episode like that where there was a bunch of people and they all are hanging out and getting to know them. It turns out they're all slug people. It's like, ugh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, while you're on Omega recruiting uh, Morden, there's another character you can recruit there called Archangel, which uh, Archangel is uh, is just is Garrus again. <laughs> which was, by the way, I had did not have that spoiled for me going to Mass Effect Two, and like I I had no clue who it was until I got close. And Same. Me like, oh, too. Yeah. Me too. That moment made Garrus so much better for me, just totally. because of the way he acted in that. Hundred percent. So good. Like, so you badass. So bitch. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. It's also in a situation where Shepard's in a really rough situation, right? She's got these two people she doesn't know going with her. She's recruiting people on this crazy station. She's got this impossible mission to do, and then she sees her best friend. Literally that, the first friendly face. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I cried. It was really good. I, I, I didn't cry at that moment, but I definitely did tear up a little bit because I was like, oh, I feel I feel like I'm home again. And then you fight a shitload of people with yes, Garrus you do. at your side. And, and it's, it's so uh, good and it's hard. A, it's a fight. Yeah, it's, it's super satisfying, hard. though, too, because it's like you're proving how much of a badass the two of you are together. And then he, get that, he gets those sexy, sexy scars. Yeah. Get yes, his face blown off. Woo! Yep. Yep. I was so upset. I was like, you're going to give him back to me and then you're going to take him away in the same moment? How can you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, it was, oof, but it was, it was so good though. It was, mm, loved it. I, mm. uh, uh, Garrus's loyalty mission. I, I don't think I like it as much as most people do. I do still like it, but can't remember why I don't like it as much. I'm it's it's to a remember. whole lot. 
if I remember correctly, it's a whole lot of nothing kind of related to it until like that very big moment at the end of it, where it's like, ah, you just kind of fighting dudes because cause maybe this one guy knows something, whatever. And then like you eventually do get to the big choice that you have to make with him. That's how I remember it, at least is like the it felt like the whole rest of it was completely unnecessary, and then all of a sudden you're you're working with uh, Garrus to find or figure out whether or not you need to kill this guy. It's, it's kind of like a big morality choice for Garrus. Oh yeah, the entire thing. It's like this is the dude who betrayed him, his squad. This is the guy who's responsible for him being screwed on Omega in that awful situation you find him in. And then yep. you have to decide, are you going to let him kill this guy and basically make himself into a super renegade? Or are you going to talk him down? Because right. you know Garrus isn't really into that. He's just upset. Yeah, like, right. what's your choice? And that really shapes how Garrus goes through things moving forward. Like, even in 3... And I, I still actually very much remember that line, mostly. I just realized I was like, yeah, I'm going to say it out loud. And I was like, wait a minute, but what? But it's more or less like, uh, I know what to do with like with black and white. It's like, gray? I, I don't know what to do with gray. And I just like, I, I that that line hit me hard of like, his, his like whole moral structure up to that point had been like, these are criminals, they must be brought down. And that's what I do. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, oh, he had he had complicated motivations. And like, I don't I don't like that. <laughs> I don't I don't like yep. that. I had to think about maybe the fact that the people that I try to take down are more than just like, ah, rah, I'm evil. I'm stealing things. I'm, uh, you know, I'm killing people because. Yeah, it's big deal stuff, especially since he's raised Turian, so he's got that strict military structure. You do the thing that you need to do, and that's it. And now he has to deal with the fact that the enemy is someone he was he was a partner with and who betrayed him, and how are you going to come back from that? Where do you go forward from that? It's kind of like chucking off the last of the Turian molding from him. Yeah, because they're kind of two shells of that. With, with Mass Effect 1, where, like, Garrus, is, Garrus still kind of follows that sort of Turian, uh, or, like, order and, like, sense of service and stuff just his own way, because the, uh, the paperwork and bureaucracy is too much, and I don't like it. <laughs> and then in the second game, is like, oh, if, without the bureaucracy and stuff, too, like, oh, that... No, there's there that there, you can't just... You, you can't shoot first, ask questions never all the time. I don't like... I don't like this... I don't like this. It's important. It, it's, yeah. it's really important for his growth on that, for sure. Yeah. And I just wish the first half, first three-fourths of it wasn't so generic, you know? Oh, yeah. And and actually, I will, again, much as I love Mass Effect 2, I actually don't really like the gameplay that much. <laughs> like, <laughs> Interesting. It's fun, but I, I'm not I, I'm not in Mass Effect for, for the gameplay, honestly, yeah, that much. That's fair. I'm not either. I agree yeah. with that. Until, ironically, Andromeda, but we'll, we'll hit know. that maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Good time. Mm -hmm. We'll glance over it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bully. Uh, I, I have opinions, but... I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next one uh, that I think we'll, we'll touch on is Grunt. I love him. Grunt is great. Uh, Grunt had to work very hard to not be Rex. And yeah. <laughs> like, because because the other was like, oh, yeah, Liara's kind of back. Uh, Garrus is back. Tali's coming in. Hey. And then, oh, 
Rex Rex has got his oh, this is just well, hi, new thing, I guess. Yeah. He's adorable. But he is adorable. He's just he's a new croak and he doesn't know how he's to croak yet. Baby. But to, to me, that's Krogan. cool. That's so no, cool. It's, it's super cool. Absolutely. Also, I love his design. His yeah. his whole model is it's so different from regular Krogan's because he's new and he's this. <laughs> I don't know. They never really go into depth about whether or not it's because he's a youngster or if it's because he's just a new version of Krogan. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like it. To me, it was always like, you know, I, I think Krogan are literally shaped by their environment mm -hmm. um, as they grow up from being small. Like, whereas Grunt just never had that. He, he, his environment growing up was a tube. Yeah. And right. like, as a result, he's kind of this very svelte, very like streamlined Krogan compared to the crusty ones out there. Yep. And his introductory and scene adorable. is amazing. Adorable. When he comes out of yes. that tank and he pushes you up against the wall and he's asking you questions and everything. And you're like, Hey, calm down. We can work on this together. And then grunt looks down and you've got a pistol up to his gut. This is oh, Shepard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, FYI, Finn has been making that laugh ever since we started doing this. All yeah, day. It's great. Because, I love that laugh. Because he's never played the series, but he's watched me play bits of it. And yeah. Grunt, every time Grunt laughs, he mimics him. So it's like. It's great. It's amazing. But like, yeah, but even uh, his introduction there is really fun because technically you never had to take him out of that tank if you don't want to. Yeah. Nope. Like he could sit on your ship in that tank and you, because the first time I played, I remember very distinctly, I wasn't sure if I was going to let that boy out of the tank. I was like, he's kind of scary. I don't know what's going to happen if I do. We're inside my very fragile ship. Uh, I guess I, I literally saved beforehand. Like I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was going to be a good decision. And yep. When it is when his first instinct is to tackle you and throw you against the wall, it was like, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it was at this moment that he knew <laughs> he, yeah. fucked, he up. fucked up. I don't know. I I opened up his tank as soon as I could. I was so excited to see him. He's yep. so cute. He is fun. And I just love his reactions to literally everything in the game because he's just no nonsense, kill everything, and then yeah. later kill everything because I want to, not because I have to. Yeah. Like, like that, his loyalty mission where he's like, I'm angry and I don't know why. And it's like, we should take you to go see some Krogans. And, uh, we need to give you a reason why to be angry now. Yeah. And it's good, though. Like, it gives him not just character development based on what you didn't know before, but he's... It's a different kind of character development. And, and it's also and it's so cool. It's also fun because you don't get a lot of that kind of shamanic, uh, like cultural design yeah, of Krogan yeah. very much until that point. Yeah. You just kind of get like, they're really mean and they they blew each other up and then now they're they're all genophage, so nobody nobody cares. They're just all like mercenaries, whatever. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's there's a history here. There's like a culture. There's a like coping mechanisms on how they deal with the sort of instincts that they have uh, of just like tear rip bang kind of thing yeah it's it's very fascinating to get to see that depth uh totally. but not just because you're being told about it but because you get to see it and experience it and it's not shoved down your throat and i love it when it's organic like that when it's shoved down your throat it, it's not as appetizing so to speak but also, also his loyalty mission of taking down one of the giant freak bugs yes. that you were terrified of in mass effect one pressure like, maws 
we're, we're out. We're not inside the Mako right now. Oh On God! Foot. <laughs> oh God! And they're way big in person yeah. like that. Oh yeah. I love it. It's really cool. And listening to Grunt giggle happily while you're shooting mm. rockets at this mm -hmm. big, huge, super alien monster is super fun. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and you know, something Gyarados said, Grunt wasn't even the most dangerous character you could recruit in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, so speaking of uh, Jack. I Jack. love her, too. Good old Jack. She's uh, basically my spirit animal. Yeah, I, more I, tattoos. I mentioned it earlier um, <laughs> that the voice actress for Jack was in Knights of the Old Republic, although I can't remember what character. Um, but just another interesting just little aha correlation. Uh, Jack is really cool. Uh, I feel like Jack is another one of those characters that if you don't do their loyalty mission, they're not nearly as good. Um, no, because oh, she, not. she does not want to let you in. No, sir. Nope. You have She's to work just... with Jack. She's just super, super murdery all the time until you do the loyalty mission and then you understand why. And it is dark, 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 dark. And she very much depends on Shepard the rest of that time. And it's, yep. it's, it's a very interesting, like the first kind of healthy relationship she has. And it's, yeah. it's adorable. Unless, of course, you decide to just have sex with her and then not, and then not deal anything more. And it's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then you just ruin that whole thing. Oh, Jack, no. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then because of the consequences of stuff involved with their loyalty missions, Miranda and Jack, if you don't get them both loyal and you don't have a high enough paragon to renegade, they'll fight each other, and you'll lose the loyalty of one of them uh -huh. if you side. And that's fascinating to me. Yeah. And that happens I, with more than one character set. It's super stressful. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I do I do enjoy those, like, fights and things, but I still I, I still have this nagging thing of, like, should... I, I, I fully am happy about decisions, having consequences in games, and, like, having all that play out, and, like, you know, you can either talk your way out of something, or maybe you say the wrong thing, and everything falls apart. I, I'm still not always a fan of, like, well, you didn't kick that guy off a building, and now uh, these two are gonna hate each other for life, because you didn't kick enough. And it's like, uh, do I, really, though? Like, was that was that significant enough of a thing? At the same time, though, I think of them... Uh, like I think they have pretty good reasoning though behind their this is a really big deal argument. Yeah. Oh yeah, the feuds are good. Sure. I, I really do like them, and I think uh, I think it's really important that there's a kind of a time for Shepard to have tact and try to like navigate that complex situation. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't tied to well, did you get enough dick points? Nope. <laughs> did you get enough brownie scout points? No. Oh well, <laughs> one of them hates you and will die later. And it's like, all right. that's actually one of the things I really like about the feuds uh, is because they don't feel artificial. Uh, they, they feel like, yeah, I see why this is happening. Uh, you know, with, with Jack and, uh, and, uh, and Miranda, I mean, they were fighting right out of the gate. Uh, they hated each other immediately. Right. And Miranda represents Cerberus. So, of course, Jack just hates her guts anyway. Uh, so them eventually fighting, especially after Jack learned the truth about her past, it, you know, it makes sense. And then with Tali and Legion, which we'll get to, that also made sense. They didn't feel like it was just shoehorned in to be another point of conflict. It, it felt real. And that's one of the beautiful things about Mass Effect. That Mass Effect does that. Just 
And Tali and Legion's fight in particular has even more impact because of stuff later. That's yep. like super big deal. Yep. Awesome character arc stuff because of that fight and their relationship with each other. Yep. And if you and, if you mess yeah. up that feud, it can ruin Mass Effect 3. Oh yes. Totally. Which again, another amazing thing that these games are just so blended together so well. Um now speaking of Tali, uh, of course she's back in Mass Effect 2. Coming Tali Zoravas Normandy. Oh yeah. And <laughs> her loyalty mission brings back that political feel from Mass Effect 1. Uh, which is cool because she's a character from Mass Effect 1. So not only is she bringing back, oh, it's Tali from the first game. It's like, oh yeah, this bullshit. <sighs> but, but also... I, but I, I, very, I mean, I love it because the, the Quarians are there, right? Yeah, like yeah. you actually get to go to the flotilla. Right? You get to like interact with others and find out kind of how their culture works and everything like that. And that was like kind of one of the coolest moments for me in Mass Effect 2 was like finding out how these Quarians work, how they've survived all of the craziness in their in their like their history and all that and i think that's been a really really profound time of like interacting with them for the first time and then the game turns into ace attorney for five minutes which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's fun, though. <laughs> gotta collect the evidence gotta have your, your your witnesses it's great yeah and it's worth it to hear tolly go it's fun watching you yell at people <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um the the mission itself where you go and you try to like figure out what happened with her dad and all the geth parts that she sent back and everything that's also pretty fascinating uh with like the different voice clips you find along the way uh kind of heartbreaking too because oh I mean, yeah for sure Tali of course everything following Tali seeing her sad breaks my heart but you know you also don't fight a ton of geth in Mass Effect too so it was kind of like a yeah callback to that in its yeah. own way too it's like everything about Tali is a callback oh look we're fighting the geth oh look there's politics everywhere oh look nice but mm. everything from mass effect one that you like just in like a contained loyalty mission and something about tali is you meet her um early in the game and she's not like on your team yet and that's not when you get her you get to see her when she's not on your team and she seems a little skeptical of everything you know which i think again i, I don't begrudge the willie or you know ash or Caden and everybody else being like yeah, I don't know. Like, I got my own thing going on right now. And, like, frankly, I'm not quite sure about you because I'm pretty sure I watched you die. <laughs> pretty sure. Almost certain. Yeah. It's... Tally's, like, she doesn't not trust Shepard. It's Cerberus that she's against. And she, I right. like the fact yep. that despite the fact that she's not entirely sure about you, she's like, you're Shepard. I care about you. I trust you. You're my friend. She doesn't have that military. I have to be suspicious of you. And I love that. Yeah. It it is a yeah very personal and that's why she joins you right as opposed to right. Ash Caden or Liara for that matter yeah it goes to show who your true friends are <laughs> Damon <and> Liara <laughs> one job uh, but I, I I love like you know Tali being romanceable starting in Mass Effect two and then going yeah. into three is yeah. even though I I love my boy Garrus as much as I can especially when I'm you know when I'm playing friendship. I think I, that's still my favorite romance, like the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Liara, uh, we do still have an Asari teammate. Uh, this One time, of two? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just Mom. saying. <clears throat> Mom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> kinda. Yeah, Samara, uh, the Asari Justicar. Now, before we go any further with Samara, there's something that I have to say. Uh, I know I've mentioned it on stream before because when I found out, it blew my mind. 
Uh, but for anybody that's here right now that is not aware, uh, those of you that are uh, hip with the times and are aware of the current, I guess, what, Queen of Pop, uh, Billie Eilish. Uh, did you know her mom voices Samara? I did not yes, know that. Because she does, and it's amazing. <laughs> that's really cool. Yep. So uh, huh. you're welcome, chat. Uh, that's uh, something that you know now. Uh, so, yeah. Billie Eilish's mom voices Samara from Mass Effect 2. Samara, very fascinating, by the way, because I uh, kind of talking again about that kind of Turian military sort of life and like that sort of hierarchy and everything like that. Samara is the first example of that that you really meet with the Asari, which is really yeah. interesting, like very rigid, very rules oriented and like They're following a code to the extreme. So basically samurai, but alien. Yeah, lady. yeah, right. Alien samurai. Perfect. Also, like I, I, I'm probably just revealing my my type of like. <laughs> romantic interest of like strong women but like uh samara also not romanceable unfortunately yeah you can't well, flirt with her you can flirt with her to uh to an excruciating degree <laughs> to the point where she's upset about it uh because she wants to but she has all the code it's um, not only that though you find out more later about why she's even more paranoid about actually being in a romantic relationship with someone. right yeah because yeah. uh because it hasn't worked out for her very well so far yeah right thanks to someone like morin the other one you can have yeah so during samara's loyalty mission uh where she wants you to help her kill her daughter uh because her daughter is a uh Oh, this will be good. Let me hear the pronunciation. What? Arda Yakshi? Oh, you did it! You yeah. got it. You got it. Yeah, uh, which are basically, they're sorry, but they're wired a little bit different to where if they have sex with someone, it kills the uh, the, uh, the person that they're having sex with. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, they are a blight on a sorry society, uh, and there are three in existence, and all three of them are Samara's kids. <laughs> oh, talk about my tier luck right there. No, there's uh -huh. more than three. I thought. Uh, they're, they're they're a handful, but like the all three of her kids so far have been them, granted. and two of which two of which are hanging out in a monastery. Yeah, so right, that way they can't you, hurt anybody. That also ties in the big stigma from Mass Effect One that Liara has that people in their society have against purebred Asari. Mm, yeah, right. That it's more common for them to make an Ardak Nyakshi if they have a child with one of their own race and that's why they reproduce with everyone else yeah which we didn't mention but that that is a fascinating kind of like uh flip of expectation of like with the asari that um in the sari culture it is a faux pas to be romantically involved with other asari like once they start meeting other aliens it is assumed and encouraged <laughs> that you instead go find someone of another species to uh improve the dna line yeah <laughs> I had to like quietly have a seizure because I just read Josh's <laughs> comment and it's so accurate. <laughs> like a praying mantis having a hoe uh -huh. face. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, like two of the three kids are in a monastery living out their days in peace so they don't accidentally hurt anybody. The other one went on to be a uh, serial killer with the yeah. use of sex. So you have cool to times. kill her. But guess what? Uh, in a cruel twist of fate, uh, in a renegade option, uh, Morinth is like, hey, you know, I'm just as good as my mom, so maybe you could just help me kill my mom and I can take her place. Nobody will ever know. And you can I'll say I'll just pretend yes. to be Samara. Yeah, and you can just say yes, and you'll kill Samara, I think. 
and yes. and you'll take you Morith back to your ship. And if you talk to Morith, she'll be like, "Hey, you're uh you're pretty pretty beefy dude. I bet you can survive sex with me." Yeah. And you can hey, I her. promise I promise you won't die with me. Yeah. Even though everybody else died with me. Yeah. And you could fuck her. And if you do, critical mission failure. And game ends. And you have to reload your last save. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I don't usually uh, take that option, uh, but I did once just to see what would happen and was not disappointed. I was always too big of a fan of Samara, even when I was doing a yeah. Renegade run. I, yeah. I liked Samara too much. Yeah, Samara's Agreed, great. I'm the I like same. Samara. Samara's such a great character. Yeah. Yeah, Samara's great. Uh, speaking of great characters, another one of my absolute favorites, uh, Thane. Yay. Thane, sure, yeah. Thane is amazing. I love Thane. Uh, Thane's I, wonderful. I can't really tell you why, but like, there's just something about Thane that I just, I really, really like. I never, I never really bought into him too much, but I appreciate why people love him so much. He's like, so he's, badass. He's, he's great. Like, he's like, an, he's, like a, he's an assassin ninja version of Rex. What's not to like? The voice is fun to listen oh, to. Yes. He's got, he's got like the calm assassin kind of vibe about him. He's, he's got also a, a new alien. It's true. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah, get to see the drill up to that point. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Whew. Nah, he's he's, he's super cool. Exceedingly yeah. tragic, however. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Which I th I, th I mean that's part of it. That's part of the draw, right? Uh, like mm. for people for people on romance things, like oh he's he's not long for this world. I can I can make his blessed moments beautiful. Or on the flip side of that, oh good, I don't have to get married. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, so so you, you you don't mind this being casual then, huh? Uh, <laughs> how many more years is that? Is that on that whole uh, you know drying out thing? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it, and the way he <laughs> describes his disease is just like, oh god, Keppel's, uh, yeah, yeah, Keppel mm. syndrome, yeah, where he but not uh, drying out; it's the other way around, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's liquefying because I, uh, because they live on a desert planet and they live they hang out with the Hanar who are not desert yeah. yeah they were rescued since their planet was overpopulated and a vast majority of them are now with the hanar helping them out since they were saved yeah. by them and so because of the moisture and the air it's slowly making their lungs deteriorate they just yep. can't handle it yep and then they just suffocate Ugh. yep what a way to go and yet with his loyalty mission uh he just wants his son to have a normal life and not have to be a killer. And again, more character development, which is great. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um, Thane, just so good. Uh, and then, of course, we have Legion, which is another one of my favorite characters. I, I think Legion I is fascinating. Legion. Oh, he's so fascinating because it's Geth, but it's not trying to kill you. And it talks it's to you, Shepard Commander. Geth. Yeah, proper Geth, not controlled by the Reapers Geth. And you get to figure out that they're smart. And they're cool. And and you get to learn. Have a soul. Yeah. And very, oh. very good dancers. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, it, it definitely plays into this, uh, the, the, the more of what Mass Effect does well, which is creating gray for everything, right? Yeah. Like... In Mass Effect One is like, oh, them evil, those are them evil, evil robots. God blow them up, chop, chop, chop. Uh, to oh, there's, there's a lot, and you know, AI versus you know, synthetic, organic, obviously a major theme throughout the entire series, all the way up to the very end. Hmm. Um, 
but that was like the kind of the first major his introduction was the first major kind of play of like well maybe maybe not everybody is as uh, right as they think they are on this yeah i also just love how he's kind of learning through shepherd it's super yeah. cute yeah and, and his loyalty mission is huge like oh, in yes. terms of I like the morale like because again you know Mass Effect up to that point still trying to sell this like you're a good one or you're a bad uh that <laughs> that mission is the first time where it's like I'm not sure if it's tied to Paragon or Renegade which one you choose but like the the decision you have to make on that particular loyalty mission which uh for those who may not have a chance to play the series the again if you if you're listening at this point that there's a lot of spoilers right um <laughs> You you come upon this this group of Geth that have not been indoctrinated by the by the Reapers, and um, or the, no, they have been. I think it was right. Yes, and, that's what it is. Yep. And so you have to decide. You you, you have you're brought up with a decision. You can either take these uh, or work with these um, Geth that have been indoctrinated, and rewrite them to think what you want them to think. So essentially, brainwash them into being your friends. Or killing them all, and that that gave me a lot of uh, like of all the decisions I've made in any game in the, or any section of Mass Effect. That one was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Right? Uh, yeah, that's that's super tough. Do you kill them all or do you ruin who they are? Yeah. Which it, is worse? It's tough. It's a tough call to make, and I think even now it's still like every time I go through that mission, I'm still like, hmm, which is the right decision? You know, totally. It, it's one of those where you, you don't know what the right decision is, only what you can decide, which even then you don't know if that's the right thing to do. And then Legion, Until of course, Mass Effect 3, in which case then there's very obviously one decision you needed to make. And if you didn't make it, everything's ruined. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <coughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I. Oh, God. Yeah. And. Oh my god, Legion's mission is so good. And then like them trying to make the consensus of it. And just watching how the Geth operate too, like how they tried to decide what was the right option to do. Totally. I And I just so like watching Tally and Legion's development of a friendship throughout the entire thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to her try to console him and realizing, oh geez. This yeah. is awful. And yeah. I I don't remember if it was Mass Effect 2 or 3 uh, where you go like inside the Geth That's I've three. mind. It's 3. That yeah. whole entire oh thing my is God, yeah. so good. And you exp yeah, explore like the, the first time Geth became aware yeah. and like how the Aquarians responded to it. Yeah. Why everything got as bad as it did. Yep. It's real it's, good. It's, uh... Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. It's so well done. Um, but yeah, uh, there's also two other characters. I'm not going to go super into them, but the DLC characters, Kasumi and Zaid. Um, Zaid Masani, hmm. who I only <laughs> unfortunately did not survive. I think after long after Mass Effect Three, rest peace. Um, but I all I also remember him is, as is the shark drill sergeant from SpongeBob, who teaches him <laughs> how to drive. Those are the two roles that I know of Zaid Masani's voice actor. So he, I always remember that character back of like, 
very good of both of both <laughs> like a, you know a bounty hunter running around the galaxy killing things and also a mean old nasty shark who teaches spongebob how to drive <laughs> you just swap the voice lines so spongebob's like i'm ready and he's like you want to be a goddamn hero <laughs> oh oh okay. right just an, okay. had one hell of an anesthetic <laughs> 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 yep Yep. His voice actor is so good, though. Like, oh, I yeah. love the, the attitude. Gruff, the gruff in, in that voice. Mm. Good stuff. Could sand a chair with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And then Kasumi, like, oh, I love Kasumi. Kasumi's great. Kasumi's great. Her, too. She's, her, her she's fun. And she's, is, and she's goofy. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah, I think her mission probably more. So, I actually like her mission, I think, more than I like the character. <laughs> yeah, the mission really is good. really fun, though. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the... I like how she creeps on Jacob the entire day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that fight, though, against the gunship at the end. Whew. Yeah, it's a heck of a thing. Yeah. That, that can be pretty rough if you're on a higher difficulty. But, there are lower uh, difficulties. There are lower difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah normal. Who plays on normal? Psh. Um, <laughs> I just want to charge at things, and sometimes charging at things is hard on, it, on <laughs> the highest difficulties. Charge and Nova are so fun together. <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in Andromeda, because that's what I've been playing lately. I Ooh. know it's so good. So but, uh, yeah. the the next character isn't a party member, but we can't really go on without talking about the elusive man. Elusive yeah. man. We touched a little Martin bit on Sheen. it earlier. Yeah. Uh, which I can't believe that they got the VA for that, that they did. It's yeah, pretty, really. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's just really, it really is just Martin Sheen. Like they didn't, they didn't really like turn him into anything else. It's just him. No one else could be that role. Period. Yeah. It's like, can you Except just read this? Regis Philbin. <laughs> That's true. We discussed this. That is That's so true. hard to imagine. <laughs> I, I still want a mod for that. Oh, so bad. <laughs> I don't know who I have to pay for it, but I want it. Uh, but the elusive man, like, he's a very complex character in that you don't really know what side he's on. Also, a guy whose comics are there to read because that's just everything all yeah. the time. Yeah, the uh, the elusive man is the head of Cerberus, and Cerberus is very much a pro-human group, uh, which is already a bit of a blight on his resume, so to speak. Uh, but he's like, yeah, well, I mean, we gotta like save the world, Shepard, and that's why I paid a bazillion dollars uh, to bring you back. Uh, so you know, let's let's save the world. But you never trust him because he's the head of Cerberus. And in Mass Effect 1, you came across Cerberus several times and they were always like just crazy psychopaths that you had to put down. And what I find interesting is rather than introduce a new antagonist or a new pseudo antagonist like the Elusive Man, because you don't really know whose side he's on, you can't really fully trust him. They didn't just make a new faction for that. They took one that was already there, that people that played the original game would already be untrusting of. Which I find really, really fascinating. And I love really that well tie-in. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, and it of also course, doesn't help that he fucks you throughout the game repetitively. Yeah. yeah. It's... Which gives you all the more reason to be suspicious of him. But you never quite know what his plan is. He's always thinking like five steps ahead, and you can never figure out oh, what he's doing. You mean betray? Sorry, sorry. I was like, gaze through me, you 
you triple iris fox. <laughs> what? Oh my god. He is he is hot, all right. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let let that one go. Like oh my god. he's got he's he's got like a real like man about town kind of vibe around him. All right. Oh, is this the the uh the part where we talk about the fan fiction in which you have the option to save him by seducing him in Mass Effect 3. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. I, I had no idea about that. But uh... Reapers aren't going to be the only thing that dominates you tonight, the loose Oh man. my god. Whoo. <laughs> 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 I don't know. You see him up in that big in that big empty office with the the sun exploding <laughs> the whole time. He's got to he's got to drink a cigar ready to go, and it's like, oh man, all and right. Then leaves, and then he leaves you for Kai Lang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cradle robber, that elusive man. <laughs> yeah, that's where all that uh, that uh, like the backstory there was the comics, right? With uh, right. with Ninja Sword mm -hmm. dude, with the sickest renegade option ever. The asshole that I uh, hate. Who gets beat by a box of cereal in the uh, novels. <laughs> <laughs> the novels are required canon. <laughs> Kyle Lang gets defeated by cereal. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you that the whole renegade option there at the end of that fight is worth it. No matter what playthrough you're doing. Is yes. A whole lot. Oh. Anyway, that's three. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're almost. I will, to three. I will say, I, I probably have about like twenty minutes here. Unfortunately, yeah, we're gonna blaze through because we've already talked about almost everything I want to talk about in three. It, it, the important thing is we talked about the characters and like right, the, right. the characters are, are the biggest part of Mass Effect, in my opinion, and that's yeah. good. So I feel like a lot of the new ones that are introduced in three aren't as good, uh, with the exception of Edie, um, as a party Edie's member. Awesome. Uh, Edie was introduced in two, of course, which I loved Edie in two. Uh, but she doesn't become like a proper uh, playable or well, not playable, but party member uh, in three. And she's great. And she's one of my favorites. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Joker uh, <clears throat> has dibs. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, give the poor guy a bone. He can't fuck anything. Uh, well, I mean, literally I give, give him, him a bone. bone. <laughs> give him a few bones that will not break, please. <laughs> poor Joker. Yeah. I know. I but they could him. not have gotten a better person to voice him. Like yeah, Seth, Seth Green's great for it. Oh, it's so good. Joker's one of my favorites. And um, oh, so good. Yeah, I was gonna say last thing I think before we move off of Mass Effect Two though, of course, is the suicide mission. Which, yeah, like, exactly. That is that that there's so much dread in that. Even if you know what you're doing and like you have planned everything out and you have figured out you you dotted all the t or all the i's crossed all the t's, you're still pretty nervous because that is a mission where depending on what you do, literally all like. 14 of your party members can die permanently and, and they yeah do not come back for three yeah and if there's not yeah. enough people left you die too first time i did that was when i lost morden like oh. that was that was the i got every I, everybody survived except morden morden's the one he's the easiest to accidentally kill yeah. uh, the only way to make sure that he doesn't die is to have him escort the crew back yep he, which he you only be. have the option to do or what no i uh, the crew dies if you do anything else after uh, the part where you play as Joker. Um, yep. You have to yep. immediately go or the crew dies. If you do any Sorry other if you had a crush on Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Yeoman Kelly. She's so creepy. Kelly, oh, don't really? you mean jelly? <laughs> I don't know. 
terrible. Very touchy feely kind of therapist. I is the vibe. Oh, I got whoa, hi Shepard. I'm gonna stare at you creepily and talk about your feelings forever. <laughs> yeah. She's horrifying. The yeah. trouble with having a therapist in, in Mass Effect is that they you don't have a place to sit down and like chat for a bit. It's instead <laughs> I'm going to stare at you and you're gonna stare at me. We're gonna talk about our feelings <laughs> right in front of everybody else. Yeah. Um, now the suicide mission, uh, if you didn't do somebody's loyalty mission, they're probably going to die doing their yep, loyalty totally. mission makes it so much more likely that they'll survive. Although there are a few spots where you need to send the right person to do the right job. Like you need to send Tali through the vents. Yeah. There's um, like a whole under underlying calculus beyond all this. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, when you do the, uh, the thing where you have to make the barrier to block the bugs, you need to have Samara do it. Miranda's like, Psh, I got it. No, don't use Miranda. Use Samara. Ours or better Jack. for it. Or Jack. Jack's also better for it. Uh, basically, anytime Miranda says, nah, I got this, just ignore her. She doesn't have this. Uh, that's that's about the the gist of the uh, the suicide mission. Now, I will also say that the final boss is terrifying. Oh, yeah. It is a human Terminator Reaper. Reject. Yep, it's a Terminator human Reaper thing and it's terrifying it looks like uh something out of the terminator and my favorite thing in the world is saving the m920 cane for that fight and just launching a nuke at its face mm -hmm. it's just, so just satisfying <laughs> save all the big guns for that literally yep. yep i carry that nuke the whole game not using it and then i get there and i'm just like hey, hey buddy boom and oh it's so satisfying i just posted I in chat by the way oh yeah the sound of his shots on that terrifying it's terrifying i posted in chat by the way the chart that you can use to uh to determine the end. yeah to, to make sure everybody <laughs> survives the ending and yeah just Ooh. just look at that for a second and tell me that like it's not a scary moment to determine whether or not you've won even if you've played the series before uh it's literally clinched the mission those yeah. of you that uh that may be watching this on youtube after the fact that do not have access to the link i will put it on screen now for you oh my god it's so big it couldn't fit i gotta like shrink it down Yup. Yup. <laughs> All right. Uh, there. Uh, up in the corner. Uh, enjoy that nightmare. Uh, that is insane. Uh, throughout the game, you can get like armor upgrades, and depending on if you have a particular upgrade during the approach, uh, you can lose people, uh, which is very fascinating. And then certain decisions in the base, and then the, the, oh god, it's nothing. You can see it there. I'm sure you can find it on the internet if you look hard enough. Uh, but that is, it's crazy. And it's, it's, it's like, unrealistic to expect you to get that the first time. Thankfully, the vast majority of it is, hey, uh, do you, are you a completionist in games? Well, then you're fine. You're great. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Uh, like you, did you, did you upgrade all the bits on the Normandy? For me, that, that is the default for video games that I play. <laughs> not for everybody, but like, yeah. So it's like that, those parts were not too big a deal, but like, who do you send on which parts? That part, not so much. Yep, that was, but it was really good. And one of my favorite musical tracks from the entire trilogy is the suicide mission track that plays when you're giving your speech because totally. it's dynamic music. And I have a hard on for dynamic music. It's just a fact mm -hmm. of life because as you go through the speech, the further you get in it, the more instruments it adds to it. It's oh, so good. It's not as good as Devil May Cry 5's final boss as far as dynamic music go because that is insane. But talk for another day. Um, so I give Mass Effect 2 essential. Uh, it's, it's my favorite, although it's close. Um, same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would say just cause again, the, the character, just the character study 
that you do constantly in that game is is just worth it more than anything else. Now, Mass Effect 3, uh, we're going to kind of go quick on this because uh, we are running out of time, but uh, I think gameplay-wise, it's the best. Oh, yeah, uh, I think sure. it does stuff really, really well. There's uh, a reason why, like, the multiplayer of Mass Effect 3 lasted longer for in people's minds than I think the game itself did. Yeah, and it's I, really fun. I actually played the multiplayer uh, a couple months ago. I, I got it's a couple people fun. together, and we it was so much fun. We had a lot of uh, connection issues, uh, yeah. but, uh, but it was fun. It was really, really fun. What I don't like is how microtransaction-y it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably mean, spent three or $400 on it uh, really? when the game came out. Yeah, I spent way too much wow. on it. Wow. Yeah, I, it was I didn't bad. spend a cent. I, it was bad. It was at a period in my life when I had more money than I knew what to do with because <laughs> I had gotten some inheritance money. And I was like, fuck it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But I tell you what, it taught me what not to do with money when I uh, got to this point in my life. So there's that. And yet, Magic the Gathering box hey, set. It's a look, <laughs> look, okay? I didn't get to take a lot of trips this year because of the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. So I got to mm. make up that somehow, okay? God. Also, that's Saturday. God. Those of you who don't know, we're having a giveaway and I'm going to open like $3,000 worth of Magic the Gathering cards on stream and you guys Woo. get to make fun of me. Uh, while I throw my money away because I'm going to open nothing but shit cards, but you guys get to see it uh, live and we're giving away a box at the end of it and you can enter that now. So do that. And if you're listening to this podcast, when it hits YouTube on Saturday, uh, run and get here because by the time you got to this point, the podcast would probably already started. So, and if you're catching this not on Saturday, Hey, you fucking missed it. So sorry. (laughs) So mass effect three, right? I have one big complaint about the game. Uh, and that is the uh, the war galaxy at war point system. I like the concept of it a lot. I don't like trying to get the points up because it ties into the multiplayer and the multiplayer is really hard to do now because hardly anyone's playing it. So getting it up quickly and efficiently is almost impossible. I, I think that's the biggest issue now is that they tied it so much into the multiplayer that like you... Yeah, it, it's it's just so hard to get what is it like the galaxy uh, like readiness or something galactic mm-hmm. readiness I think it mm-hmm. was. Yep. That is like a multiplier for yep. the points that you're otherwise earning. And it defaults to 50%. I hope that they kind of turn that off in the re- remastered edition so you don't have to worry uh, about yeah, that. So sure. when I replayed Mass Effect 3, well, I think it was like 9 months ago or so. Maybe not even that long. Uh, I went to the N7 website where they had like the the web thing where you could like send your crew out on like three hour, five hour and seven hour missions. Sure. And, and it was tied to your gamer tag. So it would give you credit in game to increase your galactic readiness for doing that. And it still worked. Uh, wow. <laughs> I could not believe it. It still worked. So I did this like thing. I would click it every seven hours and it would just crank up my galactic readiness where eventually it got it to like 95 percent. And it was good enough for me to get the ending that I wanted. And that was it. Neat. Yeah. C- because, like, the idea is that no matter what side quest you're doing, no matter what main mission you're doing, it's all adding to this bar that yep. you're just trying to fill up the whole time. And once yep. the bar gets up to the top, then you, you're ready. You, everything's good. Yep. If you only fill it up a certain way, there will be consequences. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it just... I, I, It feels weird sometimes having all of your... All the things that you did in the previous two games reduced to numbers. Um, yeah. And that doesn't always necessarily feel very good. Um, but I also understand, like, sometimes you can't, like, well, because you saved the Rachni Queen, um, 
Uh, all of a sudden, as you were about to, like, get smushed by a reaper, the Varachnite Queen jumps out of rubble and smashes it away, and then never seen again. Ha-ha! <laughs> like, it's it's a lot easier to just, like, have all that reduced to just a system that we're... You know, also that people who just play Mass Effect 3 aren't completely left out of, too. Right. For that matter. Yeah. And that leads us to the big thing about Mass Effect 3 I want to touch on uh, before we talk about Andromeda. Because One last thing, real quick, though, <laughs> is the fact that there's one major character that is Mass Effect 3 that <laughs> kind of changes a lot. Oh, and that, yeah. And is a DLC character, mind you. Um, but it is, of course, uh, I can't remember his name right now. He's a Yavik. protein bud. Oh, Javik. Javis, or it's like Javik. 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 Javis, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I was close. Javik's I mean, a, a, snarky, a big though. deal, though, right? Because, yeah. like, yep. it changes a lot about the impressions about the Protheans, which is this, like, ancient race of, of technological, like, utopian society beings that you hear about only through, like, uh, beautiful musings by Liara and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, they're the Romans. Yep. <laughs> they, yeah. They just they assimilated exactly culture, that. and uh, they were actually not so great. And yeah. they also didn't invent the stuff that you used. They just took the stuff that they found from before them. Yep. It's it's a fascinating flip on that too, because like you that is that's you know a classic sci-fi trope of like, oh well, we're just using the technology of those before us. They are they they are super smart, and we aren't, so we're going to use their stuff. They must. What did they figure out that we didn't, and what wiped them out? Who knows? Yep. And it's like, oh, no, they just, they kind of sucked as much as we did. They just didn't have enough time to put it all together at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things. It's a massive expectation subverter. Like, you wouldn't expect them to be like that at all. And then, oh, hey, it is. And the best part about it is seeing the look on Liara's face. Oh, when yeah. Her so heroes sad. are just assholes. Oh. She's so watching. sad watching the kick puppy face every time they have any interactions at all because she wants him to like her so much. Yep. <laughs> He's such a dick. Yep. Fantastic. Can, can we please talk about the Protheans? Why? No. They're dead. <laughs> it's like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you're, you're right, though. It's basically every conversation. And all of his little quips about the other races. Yeah. Like Salarians, they used to eat flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he knew like all the primitive versions of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the last thing to touch on Mass Effect 3, uh, before I say like five words about Andromeda and then end it, uh, is uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the, <sighs> the ending is still to this day one of the most hated things that a lot of people hated. Um, he was honestly the first time that like the internet was, was so aghast at something and companies cared about that. Yeah. Uh, that changes needed to be made. And I think it set a terrible precedent for media at large, even yeah. though I kind of agreed. Yeah. I, when I first saw the ending after I beat the game, I was like, eh, but then they came out with the director's cut. And I know what some people are going to say. Oh, they all they did was add some still images. I don't care. It gave did me what I want. Yeah. Knights of the Old Over. Republic was like that. People don't bitch about that. Fallout series, same thing, right? Yeah, just exactly. Got some, got some little still images at the end of those. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, all right. It's everything I needed. Okay. So I don't. Oh, I like to point out, uh, I always go for the green ending. 
Me too. Yep. I didn't have the uh, green ending as an option the first time I played. Green is hard to that get. That sucks. It's yeah. really hard to get. And you oh, don't yeah. have to do outside content to get it. You just have to do everything else in the game to get it practically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I think that the director's cut, or sorry, the extended cut or whatever they called it, uh, to make them better. I think, for me, it solved the problem. And I don't hate uh, the ending uh like everybody else does now of I course don't hate it either yeah same yeah uh now of course there is the fourth ending where you just turn around and shoot yeah. star child in the face that's Which, exciting uh, <laughs> I, get I it, love it like, so be it <laughs> you die <laughs> oh my god I do, <sighs> I do have a question for you both now that we've gotten to this point sure, sure. what are your opinions of indoctrination theory if you know what that is i i cannot disentangle it from the nerd hate uh of like the of the game like and the culture behind where it came from right but I, I cannot like i cannot entertain it well enough oh, like i, I just see. it's just like i i hear it and i'm like i okay it's fun to kind of think about like oh well secretly this is all just in shep's head but like I can't, I can't see it on anything else other than oh, Marauder Shields were actual filed buys. Me, me, me. It's like I, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just, I can't entertain that anymore because all I think about is just how angry everybody was at the the ending of a video game. Yeah, I, I get why it exists, and it, it's fascinating that it exists. But at my very core, at my my soul, I despise it. Because of what Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII has as a fan theory. <laughs> School's dead the whole game. Shut the fuck up. He's not dead the whole game. It makes me angry. Ooh! I, <laughs> I just like the spinoff of indoctrination theory that he's still doing everything that the Reapers wanted in the end. Even if he kills them, even if he controls them, even if he decides to go with whatever, mm. that's still them controlling him. Yeah. That Which, man, that, that seems is... neat. That is some nihilistic shit, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> I just, it just, it's crazy how much into it people get with it, too. Yeah. But it also ties still into that, like, well, we just got a different color ending, so nothing matters. Nothing matters. Everything sucks. The doctrination, the, he just did what they wanted him to do. I was like, oh, please. Also, the, the music track that plays once you make your choice. Oh, oh, so good. Totally. Oh, love it. But yeah, I uh, I like the uh, I like the green ending the most. Uh, I do too, even though it's sad. Yeah, it's sad because you dissolve. But, yeah, but, but it's also happy. Yeah, but Joker and Edie walk out of the ship, and Joker's got like circuits going through his face, and I'm like, that looks pretty dope. Maybe you can fuck your robot girlfriend now. Yep. So that's my. Maybe the circuits make your bones good. I did this for you, Joker. <laughs> Just for you, no one else. Yeah, but no, I, I mean. Overall, like, like Mass Effect 3 was good in that um, I, th I think it tied up a lot of good loose ends, you I know, agree. like uh, ending or solving once and for all the Jedi, the, the Jedifage yeah. and like oh. and the oh. the Quarry and Geth uh, conflict, yes. like yeah. major, so major story, good. major plot elements that have that carried throughout the entire series that like all of a sudden you had to be like on the front line of figuring out where that goes and that. Those are really important points that I think were really awesome, honestly, and yeah. uh, how they handled them. And just, yeah, the ending, especially at the beginning, wasn't great. And I had a lot of questions going out and it didn't feel great about all that. But like it didn't take away from me the, the 
the resolution of those various points that we hit up to that. Yeah. I, you know, to reiterate a point you mentioned earlier, um, that Mass Effect 3 is super fan servicey. Um, oh, like the Citadel DLC, especially? Yeah, yeah especially that. I love it so much. I... Me too. I would almost compare it to Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, and the way the game is designed to try to tie up loose ends. Sure. A and, lot, yeah, it kind of clears up a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and even that, Metal Gear Solid 4 is still a little bit controversial, not as much as Mass Effect 3. But I don't know. I feel like, uh, yeah, the ending did suck at first, but like from the moment the game starts and you have Anderson being such a badass at the beginning of the game and then like up to the like point where you storm Earth at the end of the game, the whole game is just a nonstop joyous experience. It, to me, like Mass Effect Three is the end of Mass Effect. It isn't. Yeah. It isn't the end of the end that yeah. the that you're playing at the very end there that I focus on. It is the entirety of the experience up to that point. Because there, like I, there are emotions I I hadn't really felt in a game before in Mass Effect Three. Like, um, there's this there's a very intentional area where like you fail, you fail hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And like everybody's at their limit. Now, I remember felt feeling genuine stress for the first time, like story-based stress in a game that I had never experienced before in a video game before. Like I had bought so much into the world that I took that on, not as like, oh, game's bullshit. I could have won that. And more like, I fucked up and there's nothing I can do about it. And people are depending on me and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yep. The, the moment you get to like the beam is where the game stops being fun for me because you move so slow oh, oh, shields. it's just like you just walk so slow down the corridors once you get you into the citadel and it drives me insane how slow you move sure there's also the fact they edited it because originally you don't know if your teammates are alive they just liquefy mm -hmm. it's like uh yeah that entire ending is just so stressful for for a character for such a character based story like to to suddenly not know the fate of your friends i i get it i i felt the same way it sucked but like yeah and I, and i'm i'm happy about this the changes they made cuz again you got to see kind of everybody bouncing out at the end but like yeah i just the internet ruined the ruined ending of mass effect 3 for me <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much yeah um one last thing I will say about that, and then, of course, Andromeda. I, DLCs in Mass Effect 3 also very, very, very good. Yep. Yes. Adding the Prothean and, and then Citadel and just... The Prothean, Citadel, and Omega. Citadel Omega. is just... Yeah. The whole trip with Arya is one of my favorite, like, yeah. in extended stories, because it's just, like, you, you finally get to... You meet, you meet the character, and you get a little bit of her in Mass Effect 2, but she's fascinating in yes. 3. I love Arya. She's such a well-designed character, too. And I love that they give you time with her. You go totally. to the bar in the Citadel, and she's just like, yep, this is mine now. And everyone's like, yep, this is yours now. <laughs> one, one rule. Don't fuck with Arya. Yeah. Except for Shepard. He's allowed, apparently, because he can wake up in her lap after getting drunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, it always baffled me that the club music in Mass Effect 3 came from Need for Speed Carbon. I just want to throw that out Wait, there. Really? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to me. I mean, you know, you got you got EA's licensed music yeah. deck. You might as well, right? Yeah, and the way Shep dances. 
in Mass Yay, Effect 3. So he just shuffle. goes, he's just, he's just punching <laughs> we, we the air. We can't let go of the series without, without discussing the Shepherd Shuffle. I was going to put a gif behind me of the Shepherd Shuffle, <laughs> and then I didn't, and I should have. <laughs> that was really good, though. Uh, I would say, for me, Mass Effect 3, despite everything, is still essential. Even more so than Mass Effect 1. I'd say 2 and 3 essential yep. for me, yeah. As you died for a second. I know I did. Oh, there. Yes. Oh, is, I wait, fixed oh. it. Oh, yeah. Mass Effect 1, <laughs> Shep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it goes. <laughs> I, I love that they were self-aware enough, too, that they made fun of that. Both and 2 and 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they made it just like, it's not the game's fault. It's the yeah. fact that Shepard is just Shepard's bad at dancing. just a bad dancer. <laughs> yeah. like, can't be good you're at trying everything. to, like, attract Morinth, but you're, you, you actually just suck at dancing. <laughs> So She's good. probably just so intrigued by how awful it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was some very interesting dancing. Look at the confidence uh, that you have to have. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so good. Uh, now, as far as Andromeda goes. So I, I think a little bit of backstory for, for those who aren't aware. So, you know, the Mass Effect trilogy... The whole idea is that it's Shepard's story and the story of the Milky Way galaxy mm -hmm. and is self-contained. Like, there, yep. there's effectively nothing that you get from Andromeda that really changes what happens in the original trilogy much at all. Yep. Um, the idea of Andromeda is that it's b between two and three, so before the, the galaxy starts to end... Uh, a bunch, a whole bunch of uh, aliens from all all the different species uh, ride on a bunch of ships to go to an entirely new galaxy to try to fend for themselves and in a whole new space. And so the beauty of that is that they're six hundred, literally six hundred light years away from the Milky Way galaxy, and so nothing that happens in Mass, the Mass Effect trilogy matters in Andromeda. To a point. Yeah. yeah there's some like little things, but yeah. overall, it's just over there. Yeah, <laughs> and here's my very quick and dirty thoughts on Andromeda because I know we're almost out of time. Uh, the combat is fine. Uh, it's actually the combat's so, pretty fun. so good. much fun. Yeah, it's the combat's great. And you know, everybody, go ahead. I was gonna say, I actually to prep for this, I was like, all right, you know what? I never finished Andromeda, so I'm gonna try and go back and finish it because I, I I was streaming very much so by when uh, Andromeda came out, mm -hmm. and I along with everybody else uh, streamed it on release. And the in the level of disinterest from the internet on, on Andromeda, like two weeks in, killed my channel. So I had to stop. Uh, and I'm ne it's just it's I've never finished it. It's just been sitting on my stack that and I have not touched it. Yeah. Uh, so I've been trying to in this quarantine now just like try to dig through it as best I can. And I'm about like I think maybe a third to halfway through it right now, mm. which is unfortunate about the same distance I got the first time that I played it. But. Um, <laughs> God, the combat's fun in that yeah. game. The combat's really amazing. Is. Um, my issue with Andromeda, and a lot of people will say that the biggest issue is the facial models. I'm gonna be honest. It's not I don't, great. I it. I mean, yeah, they're not good. But like, honestly, for me, I don't give a shit. They fixed them a little bit. Like a little bit. I, I'm playing it right now, and it's. I mean, not like the last second. I promise, I'm paying attention. But <laughs> I like I'm playing it now, and I I just I focus on the subtitles because it's just it's not very good looking in terms of those faces. Yeah, it, it's not, and Except that's for Jaws. And Jaws <laughs> pretty fun. Um, I love him. <laughs> they don't like. It is an issue, and it does need fixed, of course. But I don't really care that much. My issue with the game is how empty it feels. The combat is so much fun, but like. Exploring doesn't have that 
spark to it that it did in the other games. I have a very hard time with open world games. Like I I don't I don't like it when games get converted to open world because what it does what it means to me is that there's just a lot of pretty stuff that I can look at for long periods of time in between the stuff that I actually want to do. Mm. And that's the Andromeda did that to me, especially when I was when I was streaming it. And, you know, I'm not very good at streaming games that don't have like content to comment on all the time. Uh, it's why I play so many like story heavy games. And so uh, Andromeda for me, streaming, it was tough because there's just so much downtime where you're just shooting some dudes, then zipping off to go pick up some minerals. Then you scan a thing and then like it, it, and it's just rinse and repeat that for hours and maybe that's really exciting for people, but I it's that and Dragon Age Inquisition had the same problem for me of like Bioshock deciding we're gonna become the Assassin's Creed for EA. Yep. Ubisoft. Ugh. I think that's one of the benefits I had over it is that I didn't stream the games. I don't stream video games. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about entertaining a group of people while I'm playing it, so I can take it at my own pace and stuff. Sure. Yeah. But I can definitely see where a lot of it would be tedious, especially if you're just trying to play through it. But I will say it's still better than Mass Effect 2's scan system. Yes. How, how dare you? Yes. Now throwing your anus is the wow. best line. <laughs> we did. I can't believe we got through talking about Mass Effect 2 without talking about scan. Is the the three really hours, <laughs> the three hours of of scanning that you have to do to pick up all the materials that you need to not have everyone die. Unless you really import a rich file. Probing Uranus. True. Yeah. So <laughs> those of you don't know, if if you take your scanner and you go to our solar system and you go to Uranus, and you fire a probe at it, which you shouldn't do because the planet's basically been sucked dry of all materials. So there's really no they're, they're reason for you to do it. Yeah, you have scanners that tell you whether or not the uh, planet has something, and it has nothing. Yeah, but if you fire a probe at it anyway, Edie will go, really, Commander? And then <laughs> if you fire Uranus. another one, she'll go, <laughs> probing Uranus. She just sounds so annoyed with you when she, she says defeated. it. She's defeated, yeah. It's so good. Like, ah, yes, you have confirmed that you are actually a 12-year-old. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm -hmm. This good is job. so funny. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, Andromeda's fun because, you know, it's, it, it's nice. To, it's actually pretty refreshing to get away from, like, the characters that you know and love so much i i know like i i, I still want to garris around i wanted all that but like it was it was nice to, to get away from it and kind of get into a new space yeah. um and i'm still having fun with it and i'm gonna finish it this time and i'm going to romance vetra because she's very nice and i like her a lot strong women are my thing uh Yay, and female turians <laughs> also yeah female turians and uh, female ev everything yeah, That's no, they, they really just kind of said, yeah, fuck it, let's just, let's just keep everybody in. Female Solarians, female Turians, uh, Krogan, more than, like, one very like one very important Krogan in Mass Effect 3. That she can't see because she's covered up. Yeah. <coughs> no, it's, it's real fun for all that. And I, I, yeah. I, I really feel like it got a bad shake because, like, it is it's a pretty good game. Yeah. I it's, loved it, honestly. It's pretty. Like, the Frostbite it's engine, like, it's, it creates a pretty fantastical world. And Drac is the best grandpa. Drac is the... I, I, I think I made a joke that, like, there, there's this, uh, you know, you get emails from your uh, crewmates all the time in all the games. Uh, and, you know, in one part, you lose somebody very close to you in Andromeda. And so Drac uh, sends you an email. And he, the idea is, like, he's, like, a, a thousand-plus-year-old Krogan. So he's this crotchety old dude. 
Uh, and he he sends. Oh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, it's. I have a picture right here. Veteran told me what happened to your dad. I lost a lot of people over the years. Figured he could use some cheer it up, or at least a distraction. This usually helps me. And then it says, Drac has attached 37 images of various rifles and shotguns. Two, <laughs> two are duplicate images. Many are low res or watermarked. It's like <laughs> So he literally just went through Getty images and grabbed whatever he could. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. And like only only grabbed the thumbnails too. He didn't grab like the actual image itself. The even better thing about that is there we don't think there's any kind of like internet or search engines in Andromeda, so he probably had those saved somewhere. He, he from, collected from... <laughs> them on a, a drive that he's had for over almost a thousand years, and they've just been with him the whole way. So good. <laughs> it, it, it's like little character moments like that, or like having the movie night together with all your with all your new crewmates and things like that. They really did a good job of selling it, and I just don't think people ever gave it enough credit. Because they couldn't get past the admittedly very frozen, very kind of lifeless faces that uh, that played in there. And that sucked. And you there's know? a lot of really good things in the game plot, too, overall, even beyond the characters. There's, like, lots of really big development for Ryder. And a lot of people won't get to that point because they can't get over the first parts and the, right. the faces and the look. And it's not Shepard. That didn't bother me. It was just the worlds felt so empty. Right. But and that's I something I'm mean, having to get over right now myself yeah. is is just trying to make sure that I cuz I I will I'll do everything in that game. I will do it all. <laughs> Even in preparation for this, I was like I'm just going to blast through it to get the story done. Nah. Nope. Still still have touched every little task, every little concept that they wanted. I've delivered every ingredient to the uh to the guy who runs a bar who doesn't run a, doesn't want to run a bar, but it just kind of happened. <laughs> The relationship yeah. between him and his bartender are pretty hilarious. They are so. great. It's like, this was supposed to be a chemistry chemistry lab. And also, how many limes do you want in your drink? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my life. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, Shadow, I'm know. sure that as a, as like a basically daily content creator, you would uh, know uh, this quite well. Not every game streams well. No, no, it definitely doesn't. It was actually the first game that I did not finish on stream. Yeah. I've, stre I've, I've streamed for six years, over six years now, almost nightly. And it was the first game that I did not finish. Because I, 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 at the time, I think I was getting somewhere around like 20, 30 viewers on mm -hmm. average, uh, 40 on or forty on a decent day, and 60 if I was playing the right game. Um, at that, I was, I was streaming to like 12 people. And I was like, and... It's it sucks because it shouldn't matter, right? You know, viewers, viewer accounts don't matter, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, if you know that the people that want to watch or want to watch you play games are not wanting to watch you play this game, it there it removes an element of that game from your own enjoyment, and that it sucks. Yep. It sucks that it is that way. But like, when you do commit so much of your life to it, you can't you can't commit to something that nobody wants to watch, and right. so that's. Why for three years I had never had a chance to finish the game, and I, I'm hoping to fix that now. Well, when you do finally finish it, I do hope you enjoy the ending. It is a good game. I just don't think it's a good game for streaming. Yeah. No. And yeah. it's kind of a Mass Effect fan fiction. Which that's is fair. fine. I, that's that's cool. Uh, you know, throwing all the old races, get in the uh, get in some new ones. Um, I, I'm just sad they're not working on it being a full trilogy like they had originally planned because of stuff that went down and how badly it did yeah. and 
needing I, to shelve it. I have a quiet hope that the reintroduction of the original trilogy will kind of bring Andromeda up as like a cult classic mm. that will eventually like convince EA maybe to give it another swing. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'd like to see more Mass Effect content, no matter what it is. Just in general, yeah, yeah. certainly. But step oh, one is sure. getting a remaster. Yes, I'm so ready for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's one thing that it's a remaster a game that you could play on, like, one console before, but, like, it is very hard to have the complete Mass Effect experience now. Yeah. And they debated me super hard when they were revealing the EA special on Twitch, and they were like, we're going to talk about a game that we're bringing back that's an old favorite. And it wasn't Mass Effect. Nope. <laughs> I was like, no, don't do this to me. But like to that point, I have a zipped full of zipped file on this computer that I've had for four years of all of the DLC install packs, just in case wow. I could not find them again, because I'm not sure if I could necessarily find them again without just buying them up. I, I think Origin now you can you can purchase like the whole set. Yeah, which is can. which is great. And I, I'm glad that they did that because before it was it was hard. <laughs> it's filled with low res gun images. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Mass Effect was not a, a pretty game. <laughs> Unless you mod it. And True. even then it's still kind of grody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I would give uh, Andromeda an optional. I don't think that it's a uh, no, uh, but I do think that it has some redeeming factors. Like the combat is really, really fun. So I'm going to give it an optional myself. I'm going to stick with optional as well. Um, I maybe maybe I really like the ending and I, I'll go up to like recommended. Um, it's it will not change your enjoyment of the original trilogy. And again, I if given a choice, I would say still go for the trilogy over Andromeda. Oh, yeah. Um, but it it is a fun game, and I there's nothing I enjoy more than you you can literally float around in that game and like jump yes. and and zip and then charge at somebody and then Nova in them in the face, shoot them with a with a laser like a lightning shotgun, and then zip away before you get hit again. And the freaking changing between classes. You don't have to pick anymore. Yeah, they, they let you just swap all willy-nilly. You can put the points wherever you want. I love great. it. Well. It's about them faces. I would say recommended because, mm, honestly, okay. I think it's an enjoyable game. I think it's a it game is. people should give a chance and they should try to play. And it is super satisfying in the ending. It's just one of those games that if you carry the stigma and the expectation from the first trilogy, mm -hmm. you're probably not going to enjoy as much because that's what you're basing it on. It's not going to have as much as Mass Effect trilogy did. It's, right. it's different people that made it. Right. You can't give it that kind right. of just, that's not fair to it, yeah. but it's a good game. It's fun to play. The fighting's fun. The characters are amazing. Once you get to some of the stuff with them, it's just probably not a good game to stream. Yeah. yeah, no. And and if you're like me and you maybe either gave it a shot early on and then dropped it or just didn't touch it because it sounded like big old hunk of thought of toxic trash, um, like at the time, I would I would definitely suggest going back and giving it a shot because it, it, it has been a lot of fun for me to wander around in it now that I have a little bit more free time. It's good. Really good. One of these days I hope to go back to it and try it again, but, you know. Do it. I'm one of these days we'll see chat one of these days. make it a thing haha uh -huh. you have power do it funny yes but uh but yeah i think that's gonna be it for this uh mass effect podcast episode uh i'm hoping 
Uh, let me check and see if I got any emails to like get some confirmation on some times, but hopefully there'll be another podcast episode that we're going to do tomorrow, which will be all about Banjo-Kazooie. Should be pretty good. Uh, but I do need to wait until I get confirmation on that. Just got to make sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you again, Shadow, and thank you, Eyes, for hanging out with me for three hours and 46 minutes to talk about Mass Effect. Yeah. Went about, oh, I don't know, an hour over what I expected, but that tends to happen with these. So When you said that this was going to be shorter than your average one, I was like, there's no Are fucking you sure? way. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm even more glad I didn't have to work today. There are more things I, I, I still, we didn't even touch upon that I, I could have been hit, talking yeah. about. We barely touched on three and i think there's more about that going on than yeah. the other ones yeah. certainly yeah we didn't even talk about the blue rose of helium <laughs> that's so sad don't it's talk so about sad. that <laughs> why would you do this uh oh god uh Fantastic. but yeah uh, i was gonna have uh molasses do it but she beat me to it to uh put a link in chat uh for shadow's channel uh my normal people and anybody new that happened upon the uh the podcast uh, you should go check out Shadow. He streams all the time. Does it remind you of somebody? Every night, and then also sometimes during the day. So that's, that. yeah, I've, that's a lot. <laughs> yep, it's, yep, I mad respect. Including Cause, tonight. Cause it's rough. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat some quick Domino's pasta. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, play some Mario 64 120 star with my uh, fiance Marissa. So you fun. playing the uh, the new version or the old version? The new version, yeah, because nice. I figured it was a good excuse because I never, I never beat it as a kid. And I wanted to go back and do it. Well, I hope you have a lot of fun with that. Thank you. Because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> uh, also, eyes, reminder, pictures of body pillow. Uh, I'll take a picture of so it. So I'll put it. I'll put it in Discord uh, after we edit it in a terrifying way. And eyes, uh, do you have any uh, social stuff you want to plug for you? Nope. 